talking about 1992 uh-huh. fun crazy yep. and then um ravenous which came out in a year i don't know what year but i'm pretty sure it came out in march because that's what a trailer said <laughs> uh the said, year would have been uh we were going to party like it was 1999 oh was it 99 it was 99 yeah we got two again once again two 90s movies second Look episode in a row yeah. And these films have two really interesting things in common. Do you remember what they are? Um, they're both directed by ladies. Mm-hmm. They both have Jeremy Davies yep. in them. Um, if there's something else, I don't know. I mean, those are the two I knew of. Uh, okay. <laughs> maybe there is some. Tell us. Yeah. Maybe, they're, maybe they have the same grip. I don't know. <laughs> or the same best boy, if you will. Yeah, I almost said best boy, but it sounded weird, so I said grip. <laughs> Uh, this I'm excited about this episode because I feel like it kind of a ravenous is one of those movies that I, I think like we always should have covered type thing. Like it's it's a horror movie, oh, but it's a genre kind of mixing sure. movie. Yes. Yeah, it's directed by a woman, but it's really like all about men and all about this other stuff. So it's kind of perfect for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gun Crazy again, just an interesting like backstory to it, and it stars James LeGrow. <laughs> Yes, looking weird, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, And for those of you maybe just checking in for the first time, uh, we are the Feminine Critique. We are a film podcast. Hey, (laughs) um, for some reason, about of the 103 episodes we've done, about 75 of them have involved movies starring, co-starring James LeGros. So I think you, I think you look for him. I don't. That's the crazy thing. I think thing. that's what it is. Well, every point. once, I feel like every once, there was one time when I actively did, when I think it was Scotland PA, where I'm like, you know what, Scotland PA is a movie that I think would be fun for us to cover, and we keep skirting all these little James LeGros, he just keeps popping up, let's take the one movie where his name is above the credits, and do it. But every time, every other time, it's just been like, oh shit, Happens James LeGros is in this movie. Yeah. And in this case, especially, when I picked it, um, I kind of, I picked it for a lot of different reasons, uh, and I 
completely forgot he was in it or kind of wasn't thinking he was in it. And then as soon as I said, like, okay, yeah, let's do it. And then I went and pulled it up again. I'm like, I knew it. It was fate because James LeGrow is in it. So that that's just one of the things we do around these parts of the feminine. I cannot wait to hear why you picked it. Okay. I have a lot of different reasons. So we're going to get to that. Uh, okay. Before we talk about these movies, and I have a feeling I know how Christine feels about one of them, and I'm pretty sure I know how she feels about the other one. So, oh, this is exciting. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, we are going to talk about other movies we've been watching since we last recorded. Christine, what you got? Yes, let's talk about them. I have a big list. Yeah. I will try to go fast. Oh, um, we're not timed here. We don't pay by the anything. That's we true. Use archive.org. It's all free. It's all good. And there's actually a couple on here I'm excited to talk to you about. Oh, me too. Um, so I watched a movie that I had been thinking about watching for a while. It was streaming somewhere. You know what, guys? There's so many streaming services now. I can't <laughs> keep track of them. <laughs> Fair. This movie was streaming somewhere. Um, and it is a Kevin Costner movie called The New Daughter. Oh, I saw this. It's with the little girl from... From Pan's, Pan's Labyrinth. Labyrinth. Yeah. Yes. I said, why is her accent so weird? And then <laughs> I looked it up and almost threw my phone across the room. Of course it's Ophelia from Pan's yep, Labyrinth. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just it comes up randomly, this movie. And I was like, eh, there's no way it's any good. I liked it a lot more than I expected to. I remember liking it, and but... There was something about it that kind of held me back from loving it. I can't remember what it was. It's directed... I remember that being the thing. Like, the reason I watched it... And this was going back a couple years ago. It's because the director is the one of... It's, he's one half of the Rec team. The guy who did oh, yeah, Rec yeah, yeah. and Rec yep. 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also did... Um, one of those, I don't know if you ever saw, there was a DVD set going around for years called, like, Six Films to Keep You Awake. Yep. Uh, th- he did A Christmas Tale, which is one of the really good ones in that set. So I always knew knew him and his partner for that. Um, yeah, but then I remember, because then didn't he, like, split with his other rec guy, and then... I think so. Yeah, he kind of went on to do this, and then the other guys kind of had a better career, but... I, I liked this movie. I would say if you ever come across it or you know about it and you're like, I don't know, just watch it. Yeah. Like, it's it's interesting and not mm-hmm. at all what I expected. Yeah, it's so well I'm, done. It's a well done movie. I thought so, too. Yeah. And it it's a little awkward at points. And like, but overall, I, I mean, it's what I wanted. It's supernaturally and mm-hmm. like interesting. And I don't know. It's not like every other movie that I watch, which sometimes I feel like I get into that rut. Yes. Um, so I went to the theater and I saw a movie that I'm hoping by this point you saw, but I don't know if you Could did. Could it be the movie that everybody in the world has seen? Um, Truth or Dare? <laughs> no! No, but I really want to. Was it everything I wanted him more? Um, it was bad. In a great way? It was bad in a weird way. Okay. Um, it wasn't good, but it wasn't, <laughs> but you remember how I liked that friend request movie? Oh, which I watched today, by the way. Oh, weird. So yeah, right. I liked that movie and I thought it was actually kind of scary. It had good jump scares. I'll give you that. <laughs> it creeped me out a lot. Yeah. Like but... it's a friend request is a pretty stupid movie as far as like the characters are incredibly dumb. 
Um, yes. Their actions don't yes. make sense. The logic right. of like nope. how police work works in this nope. world doesn't make any sense. But the imagery was pretty cool. It did yep. it did surprise me. There were actions that I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. Yep. And th- the jump scares were actually really well put together, I thought. So imagine if, if you saw a movie that was all the bad things that you just said, but none of the good things. Oh, see, that is the exact kind of movie that I look forward to watching. So it was it was truth or dare. Okay. Like, it, like I didn't hate it. I think Zach hated it. I didn't hate it. And and Arya was good in it actually, okay. and she looked very pretty the whole time. Did she do? Was she I know. playing Arya or no? No. Okay. No. Good for she her. Was, she, I, I did not she think that good. actress had any range. I I thought she was good, and I I liked her, and she looked pretty, and she like she She's was in it. Like eyebrows. I appreciated it, and. Teen Wolf is in it. Tyler Posey's in it. Um, I don't know. Like, it's all there. It's like, Christine, here's a movie for you. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't for me, which okay. is a bummer. But yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I'm sure it'll end up streaming somewhere. And then I still think people should watch it because it's got an interesting enough plot. And I don't want I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending is not what I expected. Nice. So, OK, cool. Um, I also saw Rampage in the theater. What did you think of Rampage? Look, I was really excited for this movie. Uh-huh. Um, there was not nearly enough rampaging in it. Oh, that's a shame. And when there was rampaging, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. But well, when good. there wasn't, it was boring. Well, maybe maybe somebody can do an edit of it for you, where it's of all just rampage rampages. all the time. Yeah. I wish there was, like, let's be realistic, 40% more rampaging. That's reasonable. But, um, I don't know, it was a... You see, we, we recently had a movie starring The Rock with some action, and it was... And it was called Jumanji, and it was amazing. It's fabulous, yeah. And then you have this movie, which was not Jumanji. Mm. So, <laughs> um, I don't know why we watched this movie, and I don't know where we watched it. So I'm sorry I can't tell you if you're curious. Um, but it is the Spike Lee directed Inside Man. Oh, okay, with uh, Jodie Foster. Yep. I think Denzel. I saw this years ago. Oh yeah, because it has like kind of a couple of like kind of crazy twists. It, this, I don't know. This movie was fucking great. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It had, like, it was beautiful, and it was yeah. so well shot, and everybody was good in it. Denzel was so good in it, and sometimes I forget how good Denzel could be. He's, because he's so good that sometimes you just think, like, oh, he's not even trying. But, like, he's no, it's, it, it's like the Meryl no. Streep thing. It's like, no, he's just that like, he's that good. He's so yeah. good. So I don't know why. I think maybe Zach had seen it and was just like, let's watch it. And it's like, I wish this is the movie, the kind of movie I wish every movie was. Right. Like, this is best case scenario. I'm looking at it on IMDb right now, and it's listed under crime, drama, mystery. I wish every movie with (laughs) one of those tags was like this movie. It was so compelling and so good. Nice. I remember seeing it years ago and liking it. Never seeing anything I'd ever revisit, but... It was just really like, you know what Zach pointed out too. It's we get there's movies are and I think it's great that movies can be made on the cheap and it's accessible to make Mm -hmm. movies and and we watch we admittedly watch some crap sometimes. It's just so refreshing to see a competently (laughs) like like artistically filmed right movie like it's so it was like whoa especially when it's like a, a not a an indie or not like there's something really it's it's why i think spielberg is still a, a really important director sometimes you watch a movie like a spielberg movie and you're like that was just good 
it was it was probably more expensive to make than other movies but yep. like the actors were all good and it looked really good and it had the right music and i think for the uh, for you and i who tend to watch aside from the crap we watch um we tend to probably go more for the more unusual movies or the more fringe yeah. movies or the or you know the ones that oh people aren't talking about this movie so i'm going to i'm going to watch that one there is something that is very powerful about a good made for the masses movie and i feel like inside yeah. man is is that kind of movie yeah it was it was i was just like i i i like it i wish mm-hmm. somebody could give me a list of movies like this that i'll like just the same right, because right. there's just something almost like intangible about why it was so good that like you could give me a list of other movies that are in that quote unquote genre and I, it might not like excite me the way that this one did so I, I don't know so watch that movie um so i missed it in the theater finally came out um watch winchester what did you think or i don't know winchester the house that ghost <laughs> built or winchester i don't know it had like 900 yeah, titles I, I remember when it came out it was one of those like we thought about going to see it like in winter because it was like oh this could be like a nice like birthday movie and then i remember one hearing i think it was amy from night living podcast saying it's boring and i'm like nope that's it not going to see it it's it's boring okay. it's not nope not for it's me it's not great yeah um it's not there's okay there's a, a couple boring ghost movie i really hate it there's a couple things in the beginning that were actually really good but once it shows its hand and you know 100 percent what this movie is about mm-hmm. it's not got it great got it but it's kind of forgettable um you know what wasn't forgettable? Fifty Shades Free. Free. <laughs> I had to finish the tri- tri- trilogy. Oh, I know you did. The I'm surprised tri- you didn't see it in the theater. I know. Well, we we only saw the first one in the theater. Um, I don't know. I have some restraints. I mean, Christine, it came out on Valentine's Day. I know. It always does. That was their thing. <laughs> um, the Saw movies come out on Halloween. This right. comes out on Valentine's yeah. Day. It's a different kind of horror. <laughs> um, this might be the worst of the three. Ooh. Which like in a good way or in a bad way? No, in a bad oh, way. Okay. It's it's saying a lot. I I think I I mean if you rewound and listen to me talk about not rewound if you go and listen to the episode where I mentioned the first two respectively I literally will give it the same review. So there's no even there's not even any reason. It's just I like it because it's so bad and yeah. it's so easy to make fun of. Sure. So I guess I like it because it's low hanging fruit. Which what does that say about me? Um, hey, I'm the one that's like, yeah, friend request was pretty good. So I like friend request. I did too. Um, <laughs> so this is probably the movie you thought I was going to say, but did you see um, Infinity War? I did see Infinity War, yes. Did you like it? I liked it. Um, yeah. I wonder how much we should say, because I think... Let's spoil the whole last third of it. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel JK. like most people have... I've probably seen it. Um, all right, folks. I'm gonna do like we're gonna say spoiler warning, and I'll play like some kind of bell or something after we're done talking about it. So you can kind of like fast forward probably what like three minutes while we talk about it. Um, so spoiler to Avengers: Infinity War continuing now. You've been warned. Um, I enjoyed it because the whole movie's good. Everybody like it's funny. It's very yeah. funny in parts. Um, yeah. And the ending was effective until it happened to. More characters that you know, okay, well, Black Panther isn't going to be dead. Spider-Man's not really dead. They're billion-dollar properties that have movies announced. So, therefore, so you... everything that happened is kind of like, okay, uh, okay I get what it's you're just saying. leaving it hanging. 
So people went into it with the mentality of, like, nobody's safe. And for a split second, you actually thought that maybe something that wasn't able to be reversed well, was going to happen. Yeah, because I thought oh, going in, yeah. I was I like... I never, never thought that. So I, I guess I didn't have that same disappointment. Because we yeah. were arguing, I'm like, about who was going to go. I'm like, I think, I'm like, it's either going to be... To me, I'm like, Hawkeye's dead. Hawkeye's definitely going to die this movie. Vision's obviously going to die. And I think it, it's either Captain America or um, or Thor, but I think it's going to be Captain America. I think he's going to have like a really big dramatic death. So I was so expecting a big death in this. And then ultimately, you didn't. Ha- you had small deaths, because I think Vision is dead. I think um, Loki is kind of dead. But you yeah, didn't... I wouldn't be surprised if he actually was right. gone. Yeah, I mean, he's the, the character. They could bring the character. They could bring anybody back. But you could bring him back because he's a god. But it really did seem like no, no, no. I think that was there to kind of give you that, like, oh shit, this movie's gonna do real shit. And then all of the shit it does in that last act. As soon as when Bucky goes, you're like, oh what? But then as soon as it happened to Black Panther, I'm like, oh okay, all of this is gonna get undone in yeah. the next movie. Yeah, um, they can go a lot of different ways. They can stay kind of in canon with what they do next, or they can mm. kind of build their own story. But yeah, it's I didn't expect anything to be final until I hear that people aren't signing contracts. Right. Nothing's final, you know? Well, but, and I think this is like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and maybe even Robert Downey Jr. Like, I think this was their last movie contractually. Maybe the but next th- movie but it's counts been, as But it's this. been Robert yeah. Downey's last movie contractually true, every true. movie. Right, right. Yeah. Like, if they give him enough money, he'll come back, probably. I mean, I don't know him personally, so maybe that's not true. <laughs> I don't know but, how many castles a guy can have before it's just too much. Um, I did cry at the end. Um, I got ups- I got really upset. Um, yeah, I, 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 I didn't. I have, I have big emotional connections to some of these characters. Sure. Especially Scarlet Witch, because she is, she, she is an Avenger. I understand that. She is also an X-Man. Right. And she is the daughter of Magneto, and I have very strong feelings about that character. So mm-hmm. I get very emotional when she is in peril. Right. Um, also, I love the Black Panther universe oh, so much. So much. Who, who doesn't? I was so worried that whole time during yeah, that. Yeah, that was thing. a big thing. I'm they like, oh, just don't wear Wakanda. It's so pretty there. Yeah, everyone be careful. But um, <laughs> yes. I, I liked it. I liked it way more than Civil War. I thought, I mean, it just highlights to me. I know people like Civil War, so sorry. I think you did too. I like but Civil like, War, what, yeah. what a trash fire Civil War was <laughs> for me. So this this worked so much better for me, and it's nice to know that they can still do like a big, because a, Ultron didn't, I didn't like Ultron. Like, it was Ultron's nice to messy. feel like this grand thing like worked on me, because I thought maybe I was broken, like I was done. Yeah, but, yeah, I can see that. I, I was... I was happy that it all worked out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I saw it Thursday night because oh, wow. I didn't want to get spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we went Saturday morning and I just kind of put earmuffs on for a day and a half. You, you did it smart, too. You got to get in there early or people yeah. like us will tell you what happened. Well, I was lucky because I was, I was traveling that day for work. So, like, I wasn't in an office. So I wasn't, like, yeah. hearing people chit-chat around me or anything. So that helped a lot. Yeah. Well, there. I'm glad we both liked it. I think that's the end of the spoilers, everyone. I suppose, yeah. Bell ringing. Note to self, play bell. So you know what I th- I think is a terrible movie, but I watch it constantly? I can't wait to hear. <laughs> like, insert Friend any request. number of movies right here. Um, the Haunting. The Haunting <laughs> is such a terrible so movie. Bad. I have seen it maybe <laughs> 10 times at this point from start to finish. I gotcha. 
Um, watched it again. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why not, right? Very excited for someone to actually make a good version of this story, mm-hmm. um, which would be um, Mike Flanagan's. That's right. He's um, doing a Netflix show, Netflix right? Netflix show. Yeah. Yep. Very nice, excited nice for that. Nice. So, you know, got to gear up, got to watch it at least four more times it's before reasonable. that comes out. Yeah, reasonable. <laughs> um, I watched a movie that came out in 2008 um, that I was doing the magazine back in 2008. And um, I don't know why this this movie was fucking everywhere. I can't remember who released it. But, like, it, in, in our circles, my circles, you know, essentially the same circle, people would not stop talking about this movie. And I never saw it. So I, we actually rented it. And I'm really disappointed that I bothered to watch it. And it is a movie called Train, which starring um, Thora Birch. I do not like the term, um, what is that called? When they cut people up. You know, I just uh, completely blanked. Slash torture porn. Torture porn. Oh, there torture it is. Okay. I, I blanked. Um, I don't like the term torture porn, but I feel like this is kind of what you would classify this okay. as. Um, this looks did... like such a 2008 horror film looking at the Doesn't cover it? now. Doesn't yeah. it? 100%. It's like so dark was... and gritty and she's dirty and she's reaching, yep. she's in, in, the, in a car and her hand's touching the window. Yep. Yeah. Next so stop, I... hell is the tagline. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was going to be that. It, it's, there's parts of it that are like beat for beat um, uh, hostile, which oh yeah. I don't like hostile that much so christine why did you watch this i don't know i didn't know it was this movie it's okay you're allowed christine we've all watched movies we weren't supposed to watch it's okay um but it's so weird how you see like a cover go by for something so many times and you're just so like familiar with like the concept of a movie and you just will blindly pick it sure because you think you think you might know what it's about and then it's not about that. Well, here's a fun, fun. I'm looking at the trivia. Originally conceived as a remake of Terror Train. Yeah. Then it morphed oh into God. its own story. I wish it was a remake of tra- Terror Train. Right? How, did we have a remake of Terror Train? Oh, not that I know I of. You might know That's shocking that we didn't have a remake of Terror Train. Aside from yeah. the Pretty Little Liars episode. But. Oh, love that Pretty Little And Adam Lambert's in that one, right? He is. It's wonderful. Yes. We speak the same language, well, you yes, and I. Um, um, so... I made that mistake. And like you said, we all make mistakes, right? I then proceeded to make another mistake. Ooh. Also released in 2008. Um, also a movie I had, was intimately o- aware of, but yet had no idea what it was about and had never seen, but convinced myself I had seen it. Um, it's a movie called Blackout, starring Amber Tamblyn. Blackout. Also, Army Hammer is in this movie. Wait, oh my god, this is the this is the elevator movie! Elevator movie, yeah. I have seen Army Hammers in this? I've seen I saw this movie years ago. I think I reviewed yeah. it on my blog. It was so it was a movie that was going around our circles. Oh my god, I think That's I I wonder what my title was for it. Now now I gotta look it up. I feel like I called it something like Elevator before Elevator was a thing. Um, Very smart. Oh, geez. Army Hammer is the boy in it. Like the younger kid. Because there's three of them in the elevator, He's one's the third? Amber Tamblin. But I thought yeah. the third one is the one that, like, why did I think he was, like, Latino? No, he's not. He's, like, a white kid. He's Ar- he's literally Army Hammer. The whitest person you could be. Why, That's I, mean. Why did I because say it, that? Because if memory serves, it's, like, three people in, in, in a elevator. One of yep. them is Aiden Gillen from The Wire or Game of Thrones. And he no, turns out to so. be a... 
he's like a psycho rapist, yep. right? Like a yep. torture the, rapist. Yep. And the other one is Amber Tamlin. Okay. And the other one is Army Hammer. <laughs> right. And Amber Tamblin like has to go save her dying grandmother or something, right? She has she has to bring her a picture. That's it. So she can die <laughs> looking at a picture. Cause if like I'm remembering this and I'm remembering the whole thing being about how like Army Hammer's like girlfriend he's like trying to yep. get to his girlfriend, right? And she ends They're up like probably run th- away together. Yeah, and like so she probably just thinks that he leaves her. And I remember being yep. really bummed about that. It was so his character was great. And that that girl he was seeing was such a bummer. And like, her that's the most really compelling sad. part of the movie. And then you're really sad when things don't turn yep. out well. Yeah. Nope. He's, he's Army Hammer in it. Yeah. I think but I, it's not yeah. a good movie. It's, it's way too long. And it just, I don't even think it's that long. So when I say it's way too long, I mean it feels long. Oh, oh um, no. I, have a, I had a better heading than Elevator. You want to hear what, what my title what was? was it? Take the stairs. Take the stairs. For goodness sake, take the stairs. I mean... It's not, it's not a, it doesn't look like a reliable elevator. Just no, no. go upstairs. Just use the stairs, people. Um, I, yeah. I, it's not as bad as Train, but similar in a lot of ways that make me go like, why am I watching these movies and from 2008? It's, you know what I guess happened in 2008? And I, and I think this was probably the Saw and Hostile effect. Like, horror movies had to be really grisly. It's so, so mean! Yeah, like the Aiden Gillen stuff. He, like... When they like cut to like five different murders he did of like innocent young women, where like he didn't just murder them, like he tortured them and murdered them. Okay, so he he makes these slices all over this lady. Yep. He covers himself in like rock salt, and then he and then he fucks her. So like that, he's rubbing salt in her wounds. It's like some saw shit. Like, come on, just make a movie, everyone. Right. Like I. I get that you really sat there at your screenwriter with your screenwriter software and was like, no, I need to make this investment worth it. So I'm going to do something people haven't done. But like, really, is anybody in the world going to rub rock salt on them and do that? Like, just, I mean, you know, he did. And he seemed to really like it. The character did. That was written (laughs) in this stupid screenplay. Aiden Gillen did not rape a woman with rock salt. Yeah, it was a, I don't know. It was just, I, I don't know. So I watched those movies. Nice. Um, we also rented a movie from 1981 called Eyewitness with Sigourney Weaver and William William Hurt. I don't um, know it. It was pretty good. It I was. Mean, that's a good cast. I mean, yeah, that's kind of why we, we watched sure. it. Like, she's a reporter and he knows something about a crime and it's intrigue and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's also listed under crime drama mystery. Ooh, you you um, had a type this week, yeah. huh? Two thousand and eight so torture movies and crime mysteries. I, you know, I'm a very diverse. And person. Jeremy Davies. <laughs> That's true. Um, went to the theater and saw Tully. Ah, what'd you think? I've not seen Loved that, it. but I've yeah. cried the entire time. Nice, um, nice. Not as good as Young Adult, which I also cried during most of. Um, I love Diablo Cody so much; it makes me ill. Um, this movie can be spoiled, so try not to be spoiled okay. by it. Okay. Um, Charlize is amazing. Of course. Um, it is. It's just very good. You know what? I think that we were, we should probably talk about it at some point. Okay. As soon as it becomes available, because I'm not going to make it out to a theater. As soon yeah. as it becomes no, available it was, for home it's consumption. It's very sparingly here, yeah. too, so we had to go find it. Um, so, yeah, once it's available and you get around to seeing mm-hmm. it, I think we should Sounds talk about good. it. Um. Zach made me watch a movie called Basic, which is a, I guess a, a 
John McTiernan movie? Is that with um 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 Lucy Liu? No, I wish it was with Lucy Liu. No, it's um John Travolta. Um and Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. And Giovanni Ribisi. Um God, who else is in this movie? Everybody is in this movie. <laughs> um Tim Daly from Wings is in it. It is um, a John McTiernan. Okay, I was Connie right. Nielsen is in it. Yep, Connie Nielsen is the lady in it. Harry Connick Jr. Looking smoking hot, if you ask me. Um, But it's this movie has four thousand twists. (laughs) It's a John McTiernan movie. Like it twists, and then I was like, "Whoa!" By the end, I got so tired of going, "Whoa!" Ironically, that I was just like, "Nah." It would have been it would have been a really cool movie if it didn't if it only had like half the plot (laughs) twists. And then the last thing that I would like to talk to you about is Nightmare on Elm Street 3, 4, and 5. Oh, very nice. What prompted uh, that rewatch? Well, I have only... I think I've only seen the (gasps) not 1 and 2 once. Like, I've seen all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. So you didn't really grow up with them, right? No, not... Okay. Um, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when I was little, and it destroyed me. Um, so I was always kind of scared of Freddy. I've seen, like I said, I've seen them all, but I don't remember these final ones, and I often get them confused in my head. I know more about them than having actually seen them. Well, four and five especially, because it's really the same character directly and actor linking it. It's it's tough, because yeah, those can kind of bleed together a little bit. So, three is great. Dream Warriors! Yeah. Three is really good. I can't believe you'd like only seen three once. Cause I mean, that's the one that probably genre fans love the most. They that, do. That is they the do. most beloved. And it's very, it's very evident in what people reference and yep. what people make merch of yep. and what, who is at cons, oh, you yes. know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jennifer, what's her name? Yeah. Yeah. So it's really great. Can I say that the fourth one is, I think might be my favorite. Oh my god, I love you so much. I was I was waiting to hear what I'm like because I was like, so what do you think of four? I, I was, love. Four. I was so curious to hear it, what what you thought about these this, yeah. this grouping because they're very much related. Oh yeah, you know they're like pretty much like well they're the, all like especially sisters. yeah three four and five really yeah. all bleed right and they came out very close to each other. Yeah. That was right the height of suddenly Freddy becoming... I mean, I remember getting, like, a folder for school with Freddy Krueger on it. Like, and that was, I think, from part four. And I remember checking out at, like, Office Depot or Staples with my mom. And the cashier, like, asking us if we'd seen it. And, like, having a conversation as, like, a nine-year-old kid or whatever year that movie was with the cashier about all of this. Um, And so uh, four was, like, three and four are the ones I saw the most. But as as an adult, like, the ones that I always go back to... When I really went back to and, like, really watched all of them, I come away and, look, 4 is not a good movie. And I will not defend its filmmaking. I will not defend its storytelling. But 4, for me, is my favorite Freddy movie because it is the most fun. The The deaths are so over the top and crazy that I love them. I have an action figure of Debbie getting the cockroach death because that is yep. my favorite death in any slasher. I... I'm going to, like, so you said it wasn't a good movie. I don't know if I agree with you because, and I'll tell you why. Sure. I think it has the best dream logic. True. Of any, so, I mean, having watched these three in rapid succession, 
and five is just i, I hate five everyone i garbage. hate five five is my least favorite freddy movie of any freddy movie and that includes the remake i rank five below the remake because it's boring as fuck boring as yep. hell yep and i don't i don't even know if it's hard to follow or if i just can't pay attention to it because it's so boring it's i mean the story's fairly simple in five she's pregnant freddie can get through the baby's dreams and it's now jumping into her friend's dreams I mean, okay maybe, i guess I'm sure so bored but it's just there's so much also exposition but it's not explained well so it's like yeah she keeps having these conversations with her future son which is just not interesting to watch no who cares yeah. stop it yeah but the so the paper I, death i like the paper death yes yeah. there's some there's some stuff in it obviously you could say there's interesting stuff in any of them sure but um that fourth one so i could not get over how yeah. good it was yeah. for for me i fine argue like say it's not good i don't care but like the best dream logic the mm-hmm. most like the pacey of of them oh, yeah obviously three's really good and three's really interesting and it's iconic and it's a very 80s movie yeah but like i have a little more heart i guess that's the other thing yeah. about three is you have definitely. nancy come back all that definitely and there's there's like more interesting character stuff but four is is like a music video but yeah. in in a good way oh yes I, like, again the best way the visuals you, are, you know that. who directed for right i know yeah I, I, our I boy rennie harlan I, would, I thought i would hate it mm-hmm. but i was like wait do i like what he's doing and then like it hit me i'm like yes i do i do like all of this yeah and i think like as much as like I am saying like it's not a good a good quote unquote movie, there's a lot of things in it that really work. As far as like the brother sister relationship, I think is really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's like little things like that where sure it's every character is just a type, and here's your nerd, and here's your jock, and here's your female jock. But like they're all given that one scene where they ha- get to have a little heart, where you you are affected by what happens to them. Yeah, yeah, and whatever yeah. happens to them looks really fucking cool. I I was I for me they were all kind of bleedy together but rewatching them um four was a standout yeah so. I'm so, that makes me so happy you have no idea <laughs> well hooray because I always have to defend my love of four to people because whenever people rank <laughs> them they're like one three new nightmare uh then whatever well, else and I'm like I think, Fuck no. I think new nightmare is always going to be my favorite and honestly this I agreed to this rewatch just to get to new nightmare because okay. I love it so much. Um, Ooh, so that means next time we talk, you're gonna have rewatched uh, Freddy's Dead, huh? Yep. Which, Which I don't, again, I kind of like. Remember at all? I don't. I don't. Do not remember. Oh, that one you at are all. gonna remember it after you watch it because it's wacky. Oh well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I. I mean, again, it's not good, but it's wacky, and I kind of dig it because I'm me. Yeah, I never had much of a. I. For me, the the Halloween movies were what I liked to watch. Ah, gotcha. Um, if I had to pick one and, and, and let like um, the chainsaw movies. So I, I, I like Freddie enough and I know who he is, but just, I never got into these movies cause they're very like eighties in a specific way that I didn't necessarily find appealing. Sure. I gotcha. I don't know. It's fun to rewatch them though. And yeah. like actually pay attention like with adult eyes and yeah, I hear you. Nice. All right. So my, li- I have like, a, I have a very odd, uh, oh, exciting. I know, I am excited. All right, so a couple, <laughs> um, and a few that I know you've seen, and that's in part why I watch them. So we talked about Avengers. Um, on, I think, this was on HBO Go, I watched, hey, did you know that they remade Deep Blue Sea in, like, like last year, the year before? 
No, I don't think so. It's really weird because they didn't sell it as a remake of Deep Blue Sea. Because the whole thing is that they recast sharks with the girl from The Witch. I'm talking, of course, about Morgan. I know you saw Morgan. Oh, yeah. Girl, it's streaming places now, right? Morgan is Deep Blue Sea without sharks. I guess I could see that. Yeah, it's okay. there. I, Do you I like it. Um, it was all right. Like, I liked the look of it a lot. I liked where it was filmed. Like, it just, the setting and the filming style, I just really dug. Yeah. It's really I hard like for me yeah. to tell you if I liked it or not. Because within the first, like, 15 minutes, I was like, holy fuck, this is Deep Blue Sea. Everything about this movie is, is that Samuel Jackson? No, Paul Giamatti is Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. And just everything fell into place so quickly for me that I couldn't shake it off. So it became very difficult to give you an honest read of this movie. Um, I liked Kate Mara in it. I liked uh, her badassness and her haircut and her, like, corporate tough woman thing that she had going on. Um, and I liked that the movie was Deep Lucy without sharks. But I don't know if I like the movie. It's hard to say. It's a little forgettable. Having yeah. some distance behind, between myself and the movie, it's a little forgettable. Yeah, like you didn't, you forgot that it was essentially Deep Blue Sea. I mean, what does that I, tell you about the I movie? forgot a lot of the plot of it, to be honest with yeah. you. Well, it's it's weird because it's one of those cases where the cast is way too good for the movie. Um, I can agree with that, you yeah. To, like, Toby Jones, you see Toby Jones, you're like, oh, okay, what's going to happen with this? And what, what happens to him happens off screen without any real insight or explanation and you're like what why the fuck did you cast toby jones if this was what you were gonna do if with this him? is what you're gonna do yeah so very odd like michelle yao same thing like just a lot of somehow it feels like and i guess it was ridley scott's son i think who directed it like it, I, I you know i don't want to like say like oh these people worked with him because of his dad like that kind of thing because who knows i don't know what it went on but it kind of feels like a lot of favors were called in for jennifer jason lee to show up on set and have two scenes where she gets no character development whatsoever. Like, it, yeah. you know, it's kind of odd. It's weird, right? Very much, very much. Um, on Amazon Prime, I watched a movie that was wildly divisive, and it was about, like, a plague future, so I had to watch it. Uh, and that was It Comes at Night. Oh, what did you think? I'm glad you watched it. Um, I liked it. Yeah, I, I really... I, I feel the same. Yeah. Did you go into it with certain expectations or, like, No, thinking, none okay. whatsoever. Yeah, I went in knowing, like, having heard people... Because I remember when this came out in the theaters a few months ago, it was, uh, like, I saw the premise. I'm like, ooh, I might actually go, like, leave my house and see that. And then very quickly, I heard a couple of reviews that kind of said, like, this is advertised as a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm glad I know that. And I think my issue, that wasn't so much an issue because I knew that going in. I knew I wasn't getting, like, real plague, end-of-world stuff. But it was really hard to shake um, movies I've seen do this more interestingly. Yeah. So I had, like, carriers in my head watching it. Mm -hmm. And there's a movie that I've tried to get everybody to watch, but I think it's not, I don't even know where it is now. It might be on Shudder called Dead Within which is about a husband and wife who are, like, locked in a cabin because the world has, like, a zombie, like, a plague, but it's kind of zombie-ish, but it's really just a plague. And, like, that movie is so good. And kind of, to me, I was like, I would have rather watched that movie than this movie. But it's really well acted. Um, I liked the kid, like, the young actor playing the teenage son. I thought, like, I really liked him, and I really wish the movie embraced him more and made it all from his eyes of like mm -hmm. oh here's you know i i agree i completely agree with that sentiment yeah because there's something to it of it's a kind of a story of like okay well the dad and mom have kind of realized this is the world now and we're taking no prisoners and you know and here's this 17 year old kid who's like clearly like 
wants to see good in the world and has a good heart. And like, there was definitely like more there that could have been explored. And so it also makes the ending, and I'm not spoiling anything, but like, it makes the ending, it makes you walk away from that movie just feeling like shit. Yep. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I mean, it's there and I think it's, it's worth watching if any of what we just said sounded interesting. Um, I definitely think people should watch it for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's on Amazon. So uh, also on Amazon, a uh, zombie movie from like 1989 that I remember watching as a kid renting from the video store and I always wanted to revisit it. It was called Dead Pit and it's zombies in a mental asylum. Oh, I've never seen this. Yeah. But I know that title. Particularly good. Um, yeah. I mean, it's zombies in a mental asylum. But it's not very good. It's very 80s. So if you want all those things, it's there for you. Oh, I, sometimes I do. Yeah. No. And hey, sometimes it's hard to find where so, those movies are now because they've moved off of Netflix. Not, that's not like a huge recommend from you. It's just kind of like, would I like it? I think if you were in the mood for an 80s zombie movie, this is a good one to watch. It gets very okay. gooey. Like, the, the effects get very, like, ripping heart out of chest kind of thing. Okay. All right. So All right. if, if that's your mood, I would never say, like, oh, yeah, no, totally. Tomorrow, sit down, watch this movie. Yeah. No. You when know what? In that Let's mood. cut this short. <laughs> watch it right <laughs> Who now. Who needs Ravenous when we could watch the dead pit? Uh, on HBO, a documentary that's been making its waves around the world, the Andre the Giant documentary. Oh, how was that? It's good. You'll cry. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I yeah, I mean, there was not that much that I didn't know. I mean, I, I am married to a very large wrestling fan, so there was not that much that was new to me watching, but it was still really nice to hear people talk about him. And you did get to hear people talk about him. You don't normally hear talk about him and talk about him in different ways that mm-hmm. you're like, oh, wow, like Vince McMahon actually looks really genuine here in this moment. And that's not something you expect to see. So I recommend it. Uh, I was on a plane, and the plane had movies, which always excites me, because it makes me feel fancy. Um, and so I watched The Disaster Artist on a plane. Oh, did you like it? I did. I did. I had a, I, for, for a quick second, I forgot what that movie was. <laughs> it's like, um, what is that? It sounds familiar. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously, I've seen The Room. I'm well-versed yes, in the, I saw the room before everybody saw the room, you, you know, were the, like you. You were the, you actually the first person to see the room I, ever. Well, Tommy Wiseau sent me, he didn't even put it together. He like, I, guys, I'm the editor on the room. I don't know if you know I'm, that. I was actually surprised when I saw the disaster artist that you weren't in it. Um, there were contractual things. I don't, uh, okay. I can't get into it, but it had to do with legal. I'm just going to say that. Uh, disaster artist is a delight. It's very oh, funny. Geez. It's. Yes. I mean, it's. It, I knew you would like yeah, it. It's just it's wasn't very funny. Question. Yeah, it's it's hard not to speak highly of it. Um, also on the so then I got mad. So then when I was flying back on the plane, I was all excited because I was like, oh, I know what movies are on there. I think I'm gonna watch. Like I had like I knew the movies, so I was like ready to pick which one I was gonna watch. Yep. I, you have to time them because my flight was like a two hour like two ten, and I knew I'm like, oh, there's movies that are like an hour fifty, but that's gonna be too long because they keep interrupting you for announcements. So no, I need a movie that's like under an hour forty, and I have the choice of which ones those are. And then I got on the plane and I sit down. I'm in the Delta Comfort seat, so I don't, I, there's no screen in front of me. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. I guess I'll watch a movie on my phone that I put on there. Later, halfway through the flight, I realized the woman next to me has pulled up her screen and that, like, they have the screens down, like, you have to pull them into the thing. So I was very mad because instead I watched The Ritual on my tiny little iPod screen when I could have waited and watched that at home. But anyway, I watched The Ritual on Netflix. 
Which one is that? It's the one you told me to watch. Oh, the one that that one in the in the woods with the in yes the British fellows who go hiking. I think I'm getting old. I can't remember (laughs) any title Uh, of anything. Um, yeah. Okay, so you watched on your phone. Do you feel like that hurt it? Um, a tad once you got towards the last half, just because it was a little hard to see some things, and I think you know it's definitely a movie where it benefits from really seeing things in shadows and stuff mm-hmm. um i liked it the it's one of those movies where like what i did you know i could have loved it if it had just been slightly a different movie and it was a case where like oh you know i found these there's a few characters i find really interesting but the movie isn't going to allow me more time with them it would seem like when stuff starts happening, it happens really quickly, and I felt like, oh, like I feel like you kind of robbed me of what could have been an interesting development with that character. Yeah. Um. So that is, and that's why I'm I'm going to read the book. I know it's based on a book, and I'm kind of curious about the novel, so I'm going to seek that out. I liked it. I think um, it's it's effect. It's shot beautifully. It's acted mm-hmm. really well. Um, as you get to the end, it's pretty cool and it's different and it's not something you normally see, which is pretty neat. I think I just kind of felt like, oh, like it, it's on the very good tier and it makes me angry because I think it could have been great, but it's just, I I can agree with that. I was happy with what I got though. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like best case scenario, like uh, specifically on Netflix thing that you've never heard of with a couple people that like, you know who they are. Yeah. Um, and then it was good. Like, I was like, I'm going to just take this and be happy with right, it, honestly. Right. I guess that's, I, I'm a beaten down horror fan. <laughs> I mean, what's, going back to be every, like, more people being able to make movies and movies being more readily available, sure. you know, I, it's great because you get so much stuff and there's so much to pick from. And anybody that says horror is not good anymore is it's an idiot, idiot and should go back yep. to the 90s when people were saying that and the 2000s when people were saying yep. that. Like, it's, that's bullshit. But also, there is the thing that happens where you can mistakenly watch a bunch of shit. Sure, sure. So, like, I really like that this was, like, actually good. It's good, yeah. It's 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 very good. It's, it's like a real movie good. <laughs> and it's, sometimes that's hard to find. I, I don't mean to be, like, dismissive of, of the genre, but sometimes it's really hard to find something that that has that, that like, level of character development i know that that obviously it could have been more but like they cared about their characters they cared about lighting like it was a movie yeah i mean there were interesting dynamics between all the characters and that's why i think what made me so like somewhat disappointed because there you know it's four dudes on a hiking trip and this guy is the leader and this guy and this guy have serious tension between them and this guy kind of plays in the middle but you you want to know more about him and you know that's that is the sign of a good movie when when you have written your characters in such a way where I feel like I know them and you know I'm disappointed because some of them died too quickly, <laughs> plain and simple. Yeah. So it is a recommend, definitely. Um, okay, another recommend on Amazon Prime. Um, I don't know how to say this name, and neither do characters in the movie. Mor Morvern Caller Morvern Caller. It is a Scottish movie. Directed by Lynn Ramsey. Okay. Who did We Need to Talk About Kevin. That's why I decided to watch it. Um, Starring a young Samantha Math. This is from, I think, 2000 and... 
three or so, I think. Young Samantha Mathis. She's very, she's like in her early 20s, I believe. My Interesting. God, she's good. So this is about a young woman um, who kind of, you know, works as like a checkout girl, not, not much money, just, you know, kind of ho-hum existence. And the movie opens and her boyfriend has committed suicide. Uh, he has left for her a note to say, I finished my novel. Please send it to some, to publishers. I'm really sorry. I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, be brave or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, so she, you know, is kind of shell shocked by this and it's her making some decisions that might not be considered the healthiest of decisions and kind of living her life in a certain way for a couple of days or weeks and she has kind of like a, a wild best friend so they go traveling together it's it's a very kind of slice slice of life very independent feeling beautifully shot as you would expect from Anne Ramsey where with very little money she's doing a lot of really interesting things with color and lens and all that and it's good I think you it would sounds really, really it. good it's really good um, I like I watched a lot of really good movies, um, which is why I have two Netflix recommends when we get there or uh, Amazon recommends. This like should have been another one because it's really good, and especially for you, like because she's such a you kind of character. She's not like you like she reminds me of you. No, but that she's the kind of character I feel like you would really love to watch a movie about. Oh, that sounds really good, too. Yeah, this is yeah. a good recommend. Yeah. Um, M-O-R-V-E-R-N. Caller. C-A-L-L-E-R. Okay. It's very hard to say. And, and I, I would probably go through her filmography to find it. Yeah. It's there. I mean, it's, it's like... on Amazon. It's Amazon Prime. It's it's right there. I think it's like an hour 40, hour 50. So it's not, you know. Um, and it's not like, I mean, of Lynn Ramsey's film. So Ratcatcher, which is fucking depressing. We need to talk about Kevin, which is super heavy. This so is much heavy. lighter than both. It's, I mean, shit happens, but this one's much lighter and much more just very singular character based. And I think you would really dig it. Like, I don't know that all of our listeners would love it, but I think you would really get something out of it. Oh, okay. So. Well, I'll have to look for it. Yeah. And then I have two more. So one, now talk about a weird fucking movie. So Brandon had this from Netflix, uh, 1970 somethings, The Boys from Brazil. Starring Gregory Peck, James Mason, and um, Laurence Olivier. Do you, have, do you know anything about this movie? No. This movie is bananas. So, um, Laurence Olivier is an aging Nazi hunter. Okay. Gregory Peck is Joseph uh, Mengele, who has been living uh, in hiding in uh, South America, along with a lot of other Nazis. And at the start of this movie, um, Gregory Peck and other Nazis have kind of like gathered because they have a new plan and Lawrence Olivier is the Nazi hunter who is going to follow them and, and take them down. And I, people, if you want to watch a weird movie about Nazis in, in the seventies, then don't listen any further and just go watch this. But if you want to hear why you should watch this. So the plot of this movie, it's all about not just cloning, but recreating by cloning and nature and nurturing new Hitler's. Oh my! This movie's so weird. So That's it turns not out, what I expected at all. Yeah, um, uh, Joseph Mengele had like gotten a lot of Hitler's DNA and planted it in a bunch of women who were the exact same age as Hitler's mother when Hitler was born, and then adopted the children out to couples that were like age the exact same ages as Hitler's parents when he was born, and okay. then the movie starts where he has. Um, 
has his Nazi minions go around the world killing the fathers of all these, like 90 of these baby Hitlers out in the world. And he wants them to go kill the fathers because Hitler's dad died when he was like nine. So this is, okay, now the dad dies. Now this, like, it's all about creating situations where a new Hitler is going to rise in 30 years. This movie's so fucking weird. And there's dogs that eat people in it. Um, it's it's really bizarre. It's not it's not really good. Like I don't think this is a good movie. I think it is a wildly um, overcast movie in a way where you have Oscar winning actors, all some of whom were nominated for Oscars for this movie, which is also insane because I don't think anybody deserved one. Um, but so you have this great prestigious cast in this weird campy. At times, it's very lighthearted. At other times, there's a child being, like, blinded and tested on very cruelly by a Nazi. So, I don't know, people. If any of this sounds appealing, watch The Boys from Brazil. I don't know did, how did you like it. it? I am glad I watched it. Because if somebody had explained it to me, I would have, like, just not believed that this was a Yeah, it's really weird. Movie. Um. I, I know Brandon didn't particularly like it in the end. He's shaking his head. He did not. Overall, like, no, I didn't like it. I wouldn't, but it's not, I didn't like it. I don't think it was good, but I would recommend it to anybody that wants to see a wacky movie about Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's strange. It's very strange. Uh, and then the last movie I watched, which really makes sense as a perfect double bill for The Boys from Brazil. So um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, on... The Hallmark, the Hallmark has the Hallmark Channel, and then they have Hallmark Mysteries. And on Hallmark Mysteries, there is a series based on a series of books called, are you ready for this? Okay. Murder, She Baked. Yes, I know about this. Is it yes. from you? Uh, probably. <laughs> okay. So Allison Sweeney from Days of Our Lives plays a baker in a small town. And she essentially becomes like much like Jessica Fletcher, embroiled in all these murder mysteries that keep happening in her small town. So I'm I watched... glad she's consistently gotten work for oh, so and long. She's like she's a producer on this. Like she's made quite a living for herself. Who knew back when she was a bulimic fifteen-year-old Sammy Brady on Days of Our Lives? Who knew what a career Good for she her? Got? Yeah. Uh, who knew that the former bulimic character would instead now play a baker? <laughs> Interesting. She's really come around. Definitely. Oh, and the movie is, it's adorable because like, she's hot. Like she's a really good looking woman. And the movie like pretends that she's not. And that like, she walks into a beauty salon and the beautician's like, oh my God, I'm going to fix you. You're like looking at this woman's hair. My God, I would kill to have hair like this woman. But anyway, um, so I watched, I think it's the first one, Murder, She Baked, a chocolate chip cookie mystery. I don't know why it's a chocolate chip cookie mystery. Chocolate chip cookies don't have much to do with it. They don't play into it. No. It's kind of, you know, it's like a Hallmark Christmas movie, only it involves murder and baking. Uh, the reason I watched it, it's, I mean, I, I can't really say, like, again, is it a recommend? I mean, guys, no, it's Murder, She Baked. If that sounds fun, then watch it. But It kind of does. I know, I know. I mean, I'm not lying. I recorded, like, two others, and I'm probably going to watch them just to see if they vary from the formula at all. Uh, but the reason I watched it was more because I'm doing research, you see. Um, so I have a, a gig coming up, if you will, on May 31st, which is a Thursday night in Brooklyn, in New York. Um, I'm doing another Kevin Geeks Out show. Oh, I'm so mad I'm not no, there. I we're here. Uh, so Kevin Geeks Out is a kind of comedy variety <laughs> show where different people come and talk about a topic. And the topic of this one coming up is detectives. So, Christine, do you know what detective I'm talking about? 
Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Fletcher, yeah. Yeah, of, of course. Of course you yeah. are. Um, it, it's very dangerous to hand me a microphone and say, hey, talk about Jessica Fletcher for eight minutes. It's, danger is going to happen. Oh, only eight? Well, like eight to ten. So it's I, I have to make sure. I'm going to give Brandon a hook so that he might have to hook me off stage. Because yeah. once I get going, you know me. It's hard to stop. So I've also watched a lot of Murder, She Wrote over the last few days. But that's to be that's to be expected. Um, I'll post the details of it in the show notes and on Facebook, but it is May 31st at the Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn. So please, folks, if anybody is in town, come see it and come say hello afterwards. If I'm still awake, because it's at 930 at night. It's a dangerous time for me. It is. So that's everything that I've been watching. Yay, that's a good list. Yeah, it was. It, I was excited. I was like, just randomly had a good variety of stuff you did too uh yeah yeah all right so with that being said we are now going to take a break and come back and talk about one of the movies any uh votes on what to go first you want to go chronological um let's go chronological all right so take a quick break come back and do our best james legros impersonations for gun crazy by Tamara Davis, who had previously done a lot of music videos for the mm-hmm. Bengals, primarily, um, Indigo Girls, and, and a video short for New Kids on the Block from 1991. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So then in 92, she gets to do her first, I believe, kind of full-length film, uh, made for what turned... It was going to be made for $400,000. However... When Michael Ironside signed on, they doubled the budget to 800000 because apparently he had big pull in Japan. Well, good for them. Yeah, yeah. And, and good for him, of course. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so is he why you picked this movie? No. So the reason I picked this movie, it actually goes back a few weeks ago. I mentioned a movie called... Crap, what was it called now? Um, oh, goodness. Movie I watched. It was that feminist 70s avant-garde movie birth by violence by sort by when added and then i'll find it born in born in something 
born in blood, born in fire. Damn it. Born in Flames. Born in Flames is what I watched. You so, did it. Yes. So Born in Flames was a just kind of random, strange, cool, sexy feminist movie I watched. Um, I found that there was a film studies book that start, the title of it was like Born in Flames, Feminist or Female Filmmakers and Their Works. And so it was a film studies book that covered about six different female directors and used Born in Flames with Lizzie Borden. Also covered Catherine Bigelow with Near Dark and Point Break. Covered um, uh, the filmmaker who made Making Mr. Right and Desperately Seeking Susan, whose name I can't remember. And also talked about Tamara Davis and the films it used of hers. It used Gun Crazy, this movie, and talked about... Another movie we covered, which she started directing and then got fired from, and that movie also starred Drew Barrymore and James LaGrosse, and it was Bad Girls. Bad Girls, yep. Do you remember talking about Bad Girls? Unfortunately, I do. Yeah, we covered that one almost probably two or three years ago at this point. Uh, Bad Girls was the 1994 high-budget, high-star-powered female western that is terrible, and... Also, like, pretty sexist and does some re- makes some really bad decisions in how it portrays its women. I would say so. And it's one of those movies that's so that's really not good, but it's fascinating for everything behind it and what went on and what what the movie that it could have been. I think. And Bad Girls was supposed to be directed by Tamara Davis, um, who I think off of off of Gun Crazy. I think that was going to be her next film. And it again, clearly, she took some of the cast. Uh, I think it was going to be the same cinematographer. And different disagreements with producers, a whole bunch of crap goes down, and she's off the project. The I think it was Jonathan Kaplan comes on and does a pretty shitty job of the movie. So, um, Gun Crazy, which comes out in 92. Uh, so I was curious, because I'd read the book that talks a little bit about it, but it was before I'd seen it, so I can't even remember what the book has to say about it. So that was kind of, the, I was curious to see this movie that's referenced a lot in there, and the movie that kind of started this woman's career as a director at a mm-hmm. time when women weren't really and still kind of aren't really directing those kinds of movies. Uh, and Tamara Davis went on to have an, a very, you know, a, an un, a, a different career, I think for a female filmmaker. So she did, um, let's see. So Billy Madison and half baked. So she did kind of two, um, you know, broad comedies. I really like Billy Madison because I'm an idiot, so I enjoy no, it. No, I, 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 I have as well enjoyed it. So you're yes. not an idiot. Don't yes. talk no, about that. Thank, thank you. Um, oh my God, she did the video from for Mbop, I think. By Hanson. Oh. Well, good for How about her. that. Uh, did uh, did a lot of music stuff and now primarily directs a lot of television. The one other thing she directed that I completely forgot she directed, it's another movie we've covered, Christine. What? Uh, it is 2002's Crossroads, starring Britney Spears. Oh, yes, 100%. 100% yep, knew that yep. and completely forgot. Yep. Yeah, people, you can go back into the archives. We covered Crossroads. It was And that's a, a good thing. movie, so everybody can just stop. It was a thing. Um, so, you know, ended up being, you know, actively working and I mean, you know, has worked steadily and mostly in television, but did not, after Gun Crazy, I don't think she ever kind of did any film like that again, right? So after that, she did like a lot of these big comedies, a lot of music videos and TV. 
And so it's interesting that she really hasn't had kind of her own feature in a way after it. Mm-hmm. I think Bad Girls, even though it still wasn't her script, I think, to begin with, and Gun Crazy isn't her script. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, this Gun Crazy, I think, and I, I listened to some of the commentary on it. I started watching it with the commentary because I was curious to hear her talk about it. And it does feel very much like she owned this movie in a lot of ways. It was a low budget, so she had a lot of freedom on it. Um, Drew Barrymore was like ran away from home and was living with her while she was making it. So like she had really good access to Drew. Like, yeah, you know, and so it is kind of interesting that she hasn't gotten back to that, I think, as a filmmaker. So, um, you know, whatever that says, I don't know. But worth noting. Did you recognize the screenwriter, Christine? Ah, uh, geez, I don't think so. His name is Matthew Bright. Does that ring okay. a bell? It should. No. Okay, well, Matthew Bright is probably best known for two movies, one of which we covered, one of which one day we will. Uh, I told you I'm senile now. It's okay. It's, okay. it's, it's my okay. life now. <laughs> I remember unimportant things. For for the longest time, I could tell you everything about every America's Next Top Model contestant. So, you know, we all have our talents. Uh, Matthew Bright directed the infamous Tiptoes. Oh, Oh, uh-huh. I, I'm also seeing something else on here that I hate. So the other thing Matthew Bright directed is a movie that I really like, that Christine does not like at all, that we also covered some years ago. I think Erica was on there with us, and she also hated it. And that was Freeway. Freeway. Freeway, yeah. So, um... It's not that I went, I went senile and forgot it, it's that I blocked it out. <laughs> um, I will say... So during the com- so the commentary for this movie, it's just it's Tamara Davis, and then they kind of here and there. There's like interviews with Drew Barrymore that they sort of play over different scenes. But um, so here's what uh, Tamara Davis had to say about Matthew Bright. Uh, Matthew's really talented, but he's crazy. Mm. And just like throughout, she would kind of say like drop things like that just made it very clear like oh yeah, Matthew Bright sounds like a nightmare of a human being. Really? Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I still. Like I don't. Freeway. I clearly don't like what he writes. <laughs> yeah. So tell me first. Okay, give everybody kind of a rundown. What is Gun Crazy about? Uh, well, Drew Barrymore's in it, and she's this high school girl, and they get this assignment that they have to go get pen pals, and she decides to find her pen pal. Um, in prison, which is fine. I mean, um, and she does, and she immediately falls in love with him. It's James Legro. Um, she immediately falls in love with him, and he loves her or something, and he likes guns. I, this is a theme, <laughs> surpri- surprisingly enough. Um, he, She helps him get out on parole by helping him find a job, and then he comes to where she lives to live with her, but she also kills her mother's boyfriend that she lives with and also who sexually assaults her um and then they quite literally go gun crazy <laughs> yeah, i much. hated this movie. oh wow so every aspect of it or were there th- were did you see strengths in it that maybe tell, tell me tell me lay it on girl uh, um I found everybody to be pretty dislikable. Um, we we dabbled with the the whole all men are rapists um, themes, which I 
I don't always enjoy. You know, because though, but it dabbles, but you think about it. You it, have Billy Drago, does, who's not. It doesn't go, I, which I was thankful for a minute. I thought it was going to go there. Me too. It just felt that way. It felt like it was a very... I mean, Michael Ironside is not. He's not. And James LeGrow is not. He's not, but I guess it was that, like, triple threat of, like, her mom's boyfriend and then... um, It opens very, yeah, very... Not even rape-heavy. It opens very men-are-scum-heavy. It does, and I... Look, they are. But um, I don't... When you paint with a broad brush, sometimes... Like, the... I, I call it the teeth effect. Um, <laughs> I think Teeth is a great movie. I, I like it a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, but literally everyone in that movie tries to sexually assault or yes, rape her yes. or take advantage of mm-hmm. her. Um, and and for me, and I'm t- speaking as a, more of a writer than like a woman who believes that men, are, a lot of men are awful. Um, I think that sometimes painting with a broad brush like that does a disservice to your story unless it's a true story and this is really what's happening i i just i felt like oh god this is what we're doing but you're right we get into it and not everybody is human garbage michael ironside's fine but that doesn't serve him very well it's a very mean movie um i didn't understand maybe you can shed some light on this for me i didn't understand drew barrymore's character like she was super innocent and like kind of dopey but she also wasn't so i didn't know if that was an act or not i i don't think it is i think i mean she and because it drew barrymore was only like 15 or 16 when she made this and it was she, i thought she was in her 20s um I, I mean the way Tamara davis was talking about it 92 drew barrymore was born in Oh, God, we're going to have to do math, Christine. Are you ready for this? I, I really thought I looked at this. I, I, I thought she was like 21 or 22. Because, um, let's see, Drew Barrymore was born in 75. So okay. 85 would be 10 years old. 80 to 90 would be... <laughs> it's a Friday night. I'm tired. I can't do math. If she was born in 75... Okay. No, she 20 minus 3. She was... 16 17. or 17. 17. I mean, 17 okay. when it came out. Probably I, 16 when she filmed it. I Because Tamara Davis even been... talks about there's a scene where um, Drew Barrymore is in the shower and you can see her boob completely under her shirt. And Tamara Davis was like, yeah, I was kind of concerned. I really thought that I was going to get that that was going to be an issue because she was a minor, but nobody said anything. So I wonder what I was I wonder what I was looking up where a, a, a very sexually exploited Poison Ivy ca- maybe? character was clearly older and there was a movie i just watched this week i'm gonna have to go back and look at my list but so i genuinely didn't know that i clearly didn't look it up and can i tell you it makes me dislike this movie even more see here's the thing like on one hand yes if it felt like she was being exploited but i think and maybe this is also just knowing so much about drew barrymore at that time where Drew Barrymore is like 16 when she comes to make this movie. Drew Barrymore apparently fought tooth and nail for this part. No, and I don't feel like she's being exploited. I just feel like I don't I don't personally need this. Like I don't need like, this there's, hypersexualized abuse. Yeah, girl. I mean there's there's one thing that I thought was really interesting in the commentary. And there's a scene where um 
Uh, it's after when, so James Legros is impotent in the movie for most of the movie. He, you know, and so when Drew Barrymore meets, like finally gets to see him in person, she just thinks like, oh, we're going to have sex now. And he's just keeps pushing her off, pushing her off. And she's takes it very offensively because for her, that's the way that that's you, what yeah, she gives show to men. That's what her, yeah, yeah. You know, she grows up, you know, clear, her mother is, you get the sense is probably a drug addicted prostitute. Like, this, you know, she's been taught from a very young age, and you know, she says in the movie something to the effect of like, "Ever since I was nine years old, men have just taken what they want from me." Apparently, the script had her saying that ever since I was thirteen. Andrew Barrymore just said it during, you know, while filming. She just changed it to nine, and I think that's so telling because when Drew Barrymore was seven years old, she was thrust in the spotlight. And I mean, notoriously, Drew Barrymore was in rehab by the time she was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, because I guess like knowing those things makes this movie more interesting to me because I feel like I can kind of see Drew Barrymore channeling something for this part. And even if, because I don't love this movie by any means, I found it um, problematic, but but interesting in, in, in ways where I think, I, and I'll fully admit, I might have wanted it to be to be as interesting as maybe a lot of the backstory within it. Um, and I think that, I think kind of knowing what place this 16 year old reformed wild child of Hollywood was in while making this movie makes this character um, a lot deeper than she might've been if this was Jennifer Lawrence playing her. Mm -hmm. No, I get that. I get that. I, I just like it. it there was recently some somebody put on Twitter the most useless thing you can say is that a movie wasn't for you and I don't agree with that <laughs> I'm just either, saying this this movie was not for me yeah there was just so much going on in it that like there was there was like a forced grittiness to it sure um Zach said it reminded him of that that movie we we watched for the show that I believe had Jennifer Lawrence in it I was it. about to say the poker house with Jennifer yeah. Lawrence it reminded him of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like there was, I, I don't feel like any character had, and it's not because of the content necessarily. Um, I don't feel like any character had a real direction or compass. Yeah. I didn't understand anybody. I didn't know what the point of the movie was, but in that, again, maybe it just wasn't for me because do do all movies have to have a point that's expressed in the story i guess not but, but like <laughs> i i didn't understand the point like especially once we see how it ends like it was right. just kind of like really i yeah no i'm i'm not necessarily disagreeing cuz i think this is <laughs> a very problematic movie and a very flawed movie and I think I like I could pull like okay I think as a it's also I mean so it's ninety two so it's it's kind of right around that time and if this had been like two years later of a movie I think I would have hated it because I would have written it off as sort of a Tarantino ripoff yeah but being ninety two it's kind of like oh no it's right when everybody's making these movies it's not so so much that it's ripping off another movie if anything it's much more um, I think indebted to like. Uh, what is it? I, I mean, it's it's loosely based on, I guess, a Western called Gun Crazy from the 50s. 
Uh, you know, in, in the commentary, she talks about like taking shots from In Cold Blood and trying to capture that. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, you can, a lot of people kind of call it like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. And I think if you sort of take it as almost like a Bonnie and, like a dumb Bonnie and Clyde, and I mean that both insultingly and affectionately, I guess. Yeah. Where you have two characters who are not smart. And, the, but I, I don't think the movie looks down on them. I don't think the movie is sort of making a joke out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it really does see things from Drew Barrymore's eyes in this movie. Like, I, I don't, you know, and I'm trying to think of other ones to compare it to where it, it doesn't work like that. Um, we, we did, what was the name of, oh God, that Shannon Doherty bill friedkin movie that we watched oh crap what was that it was like they did a series of movies i think it was for hbo and it was like all like real directors making these movies about like bad boys in the 50s and like this kind of reminded me of a slightly more interesting more heartfelt version of that movie too where it's like you know lovers on the run um but they're dumb criminals right and they're but they're also like they're not bad people, which I think, and I guess I maybe I almost wish maybe the movie pushed it a little further into the ridiculousness, maybe. Oh, more, yeah. Right. Like there's a scene where they have no money and they're on the run now from the law and they go to a bar and they decide, OK, we're going to take everybody's really wallet. good point. If it had been, I, I can I can identify that as a potential issue that I had. Yeah. And, you know, Freeway kind of does something very similar where. It's like there's this line of um, silliness, and especially with the character of Anita, with Drew Barrymore, so she starts taking guys' wallets, and then they're like, you know, if you take this wallet, I can't feed my family, and she feels so bad that they both feel bad. They're like, you know what, fine, everybody can keep their wallets, we're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's a very endearing thing, like, oh, shit, these are murderers, these are criminals, but they're not necessarily bad people, like... Yeah. They're doing bad things, but they're actually, they have really big hearts. And I think the movie could have maybe pushed further at that. And they could have even kept some of the violence, but maybe I wish it didn't have so much sex. I don't, at the same time, I think that this, I, there's, so there's sexual violence in this movie. I think it's handled well in that it's not, um, it, it's made awful, but it's not really shown, if you will. Right. So the opening scene is it's not violent. She's, you know, Drew Barrymore is this kind of, you know, poor kid who lives in a trailer. And there's these asshole dudes who tease her, but also say to her, like, hey, want to, you know, let's go have sex. And she kind of says, "Okay." And the movie doesn't doesn't show like it shows you the start of it and then it cuts away because we don't need to see that. Like, it's just would be so unpleasant to watch. And I don't want to I don't want to make a bold sweeping statement, but or maybe I'll just pose it as a question. Do you think that if it hadn't been a female director that it would have been treated the same way? Um, no, I don't at all. And I think that's, again, why this movie to me is more interesting than most likely if you put the script in, um, you know, Tony Scott's hands, because I think I would have yeah. seen that. And it's the same with um, with the with the rape, which, you know, is a rape. It's, or we assume it is. It's, you know, she comes home and her stepfather is, you know clearly like they've done this before clearly she's i mean she's a minor it's not sex it's always rape but clearly she has probably not resisted him in the past 
And this time she starts resisting him. And then again, we cut away. And I think it's the right decision because it's just one of those, you know, if this is not a good enough movie to go that heavy, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it can be such a mess when you don't do that well. Um, and later we get a really tender sex scene between her and James LaGrosse. And I mean, granted, I'm saying that and she's like still supposed to be 16, but they're married. So it's OK at that point. Uh but I think that's also telling that you don't get, you know, the you don't get the sex in the bodies until it's actual sex and not violence or really unwanted sex. And and I think that is something very, again, like you're saying, not to just slap a label on it, but I think female directors are most of the time more sensitive to that because they understand what's exploitive and what's necessary. Yeah. Like... I yeah. So uh, I <laughs> this isn't really a glowing thing to say, but like I I didn't like it, but I think I could have fucking hated it. Sure. And I didn't. It's mm. not something. I does say something. <laughs> um yeah, no because it, and I all these kinds of movies I usually do not like. That early 90s uh, you know, school of Tarantino, if you will, and not to say he influenced all of them, but because he, he didn't. But when you start like rattling off like Way of the Gun and all these other movies that were so, um, very specific of violent, uh, pretty sexualized indie movies from the early nineties, mm-hmm. I'm usually not looking forward to watching any of them. And this one, I think, is not is probably worse in quality than a lot of them. But I found interesting, and I found I found it worthwhile for um, I don't know a lot behind it, but I think a lot of what was on screen too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Billy Drago is a weird looking dude. He yeah. is. Um, I like him though. Yeah, and he's. It's again. It's it's nice to see him. Uh, and this is uh, true of a couple of things I watched recently where I'm like oh, there's an actor that I normally only ever see play, like, evil, right? Yep. And in this, like, I mean, he's he's a weirdo, but he's not but a he's bad not, guy. But he's not a bad guy. No, yeah, he's actually, yeah. like, ends up being, like, a really, like, good presence in the movie. He's the, the he's a, you know, he's a, a crazy preacher who does, like, snake charming kind of things. But everything he says, you're like, okay, no, he's actually, like, kind of looking out for Anita. And, you know, he gives James LaGrosse a job and he makes sure, you know, he's basically really mad when he realizes or thinks James LaGrosse is having sex with, with this young girl. Um, so that was nice to see. Uh, Michael Ironside apparently was also very helpful and would um, was a dream to work with and would give advice on how to get certain shots and everything. So, Oh, well, that's nice. This makes me further like Michael Ironside as if I needed to. Um, yeah, it's a... Uh... It's and Ch- Jeremy Davis Davies is so young. He's he's very young. He's a little baby. He's a little baby Davies, and he's gross in this. He's he's gross. Yes, yes it's... very much, very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, how did you watch it? Like rented on Amazon, or you? F- I rented no. it. A well, funny story. It's the same price to buy on Amazon <laughs> and rent on Amazon, so I now own this. Yeah, movie. you do. Does it include the commentary or no? Um, I didn't, we didn't check. Because oh, that would be interesting. That I, would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was, in, I didn't get through all of it with it, but I kind of just, after I watched the movie, I was still kind of 
buzzing around. I'm like, yeah, let me just turn this on and hear what I can. And I mean, Tamara Davis is an interesting person to hear talk about her work. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I, I would like to hear her talk more. I would, you know, be, be curious to see her maybe reflect on this movie now uh, and just her career in general. Because it, again, took an interesting uh, trajectory, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm trying to think like, because Bad Girls was another film that didn't understand how to handle rape and didn't understand how to handle violence at times. And I'm just so more curious now what her bad girls would have looked like. Yeah. And again, I don't think it would have been great, but I think it would have been um, more worthy of a film in many ways. I could see that. Uh, There's just, it's such a flat line in my memory. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's true of most people for that one. But yeah, I mean, I don't think I have uh, much more to say. Do you have much more to say on it? No, I don't think I have anything to say. Okay, so it's it's out there. It's on video by Netflix. And again, on the video, you get the commentary, which is might be more interesting than the movie in many ways. Um, but let's go ahead and rate it then. Okay. Um, what's first? Quality, so quality of, of life? Film. Quality of film quality comes first. Um, that's a hard, I'm going to say, uh, I'll go first to take the edge off of you for once. Thank you. I, I pressure you so often. I know that. Uh, I'm going to say for quality of film, like this, this is not a very good film. I think it's interesting. Um, but that will come up by next door score. So quality of film, I'm going to say 5.75. Uh, 5.5. Okay. Uh, quality of life. Uh, again, I, this didn't... 5.5. Oh, higher than I thought you would go. Yeah, I mean, it didn't make me actively angry or anything. That's always a good thing. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go with probably like a 6.5. Um, and again, it's more interesting to me for kind of a lot of what's around it and beneath it. Um, not a great movie, but an interesting one to kind of dig into. Um, yeah, leave it there. Okay, nice and quick. That was Gun Crazy. So now we're going to take a, a quick break. Uh, I'm going to go bundle up. I think you should too. I'm going to go eat a person. I mean, well, well I mean, that comes after, Christine. <laughs> First, you got to, you know, prepare for the hunt, if you will. And then we're going to feast on people and become Wendigos with Ravenous.
1999. The film, Ravenous. Uh, originally going to be directed by someone else who has a long Russian-sounding name that I didn't write down. Um, about a week or two into filming, uh, that, that guy with the complicated name that I didn't write down, uh, was Fi, oh, Milcho Manchevsky, which is a pretty great, beautiful, that's a, that's a good name. Um, so he was replaced two weeks into production. Um, Robert Carlyle, uh, recommended his good friend and business partner, Antonia Bird, who then took over directing and made Ravenous. Christine, tell the folks at home what Ravenous is about. Look, if you haven't seen Ravenous, go watch it. Go watch it, Um, seriously. So Ravenous is about this guy who is in real life. named named Guy. Guy. Um, About this um, military type guy who was fighting, doing things. Um, Stuff happened. He got sent to this... Like, it, would, would you call it, like, a military outpost? I was going to call it an outpost, yes. Okay. Um, a military outpost. Um, in the winter, it's, like, skeleton crewed up. Um, there's, like, six people or some such. Um, there's not a lot of people there or whatever. Um, then this other dude shows up, and that would be... Um, is it Robert Carlyle? Is that his name? Robert Carlyle, yeah. I just got confused. I don't know. Like, Robert Carlyle. Um... He shows up and he's like, oh my god, I was walking for so long and it's terrible out there and I haven't eaten. Oh wait, I have eaten. I ate the (laughs) legs of a man. And he tells a story about how he was with this group of people and they did this. They were coming across the country or whatever and they got stuck in a snowstorm and they had to resort to cannibalism. And he's like soups upset about it. And um, they decide to go... I tell you this because this is at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Then he, then he goes, so like they're not, they're not hiding anything. So they go back to the cave in which this man has told him there, all the people were because he perpetrates like there is one, there might be one of the people still alive. And it's when a woman. He, it's the, the wife of someone. So these are all gentlemanly 19th century dudes who are going to go save. So her. they, exactly. They want to go white knight that shit and go mm-hmm. save. So they go walk in. I think it, they said it's like three days walk or whatever there. So they leave the camp to go there. They leave a couple people behind. Um, also, David Arquette is out doing something else. Um, so then stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel I feel like if you haven't seen this movie and you would like to see it or have any interest in seeing it, that it would be cool to not know some stuff. Yeah, I always kind of assumed I saw not I knew I never sat down and watched this movie beginning to end but I knew I'd seen so many chunks of it <laughs> chunks of it if you will, <laughs> that I really felt like I'd seen the whole thing and sitting down and watching it beginning to end I was like oh no I've never I, I really did not see this whole thing so people and as a result I was surprised like I knew things about certain characters but I I forgot them when watching mm-hmm. it and I remember part of the reason I never watched this movie from beginning to end was, like, back in the day of when you cable, like, didn't tell you what movie was on, you'd flip around. And I remember flipping around and being like, oh, I think this is ravenous. I'm watching it. And then I realized it was the last, like, five minutes in the movie. So, you know, 15 years ago, I saw the ending of Ravenous. When I sat down to watch this, I completely forgot everything about it because it's yeah. so fucking good that I just got so into it that I just... I might have remembered something about a character that I, whether I should trust or not, but no, I did not remember anything while watching it because I was so in the moment. I 
had seen it before and I um I forgot a lot of it. Yeah. And at one point I started formulating theories and Zach was like, you've seen this. And I was like, yeah, but I don't remember. <laughs> now I'm movie, like, yeah. But it, yeah. So watch it with fresh eyes. If you can, if yeah. you want to listen to us, we're probably going to spoil it. Right. Like a hundred percent. I think so. Cause we just, like, I, I almost know just I said, we're going to gonna spoil it down to the bone. Ooh, <laughs> oh God. I love these cannibalism. <laughs> oh. I think, I think that it's in my brain. Christine, um, I love you. You're good enough to eat. I hope I think of another one. I'll, I'll try. Um, so spoilery stuff yes. ahead. They 100% spoiled. Um, they get to the cave, and um, I knew this was coming, but I got just as oh, thrilled that this time. That cave scene is so good. They they realize um, Guy Pierce and um, that dude Neil with the crazy, crazy, crazy weird eyes, um, <laughs> they realize that um, Robert Carlyle aka the cannibal from now on um <laughs> is a cannibal he he lied he 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 misrepresented the story some of the aspects of his story might have been true there was probably there was definitely a group the people were all there they had to resort to cannibalism or maybe they didn't maybe he just wanted to eat them all um but he he is not some he victim has recast he has himself in the story if you will exactly he is he is not the victim he's actually the villain mm-hmm. and um they come across the bodies in the in the cave and they realize that um it he is to be feared but they realize too late yes and he's already started picking off the party that went to the cave um, and in a brilliant, oh, fast, violent scene, which is so, so good. good. So good. And it's it's very violent and it's very... And icky. it happens, what, like 40 minutes into the movie? It's Which, again, what I, I, I really love this movie. One of the things I love about it is that it just kind of break not breaks every rule it just doesn't play by any rules like this this should not be happening at this time in the movie it should have happened in the first scene or it should be happening an hour 20 minutes into it but no it happens now it happens it happens at a really interesting time um the pacing of the movie is really weird because so the pacing is as such is that that you know that there's more story but you have no idea you don't even know what it could be right like what could be left is what I remember thinking. Um, so Guy Pierce, um, he he eats, he gets everybody basically, except Guy Pierce does this amazing thing, and I I will talk about it later because it is, for my money, there's this there's this interesting theme running through this movie, um, and it's really encapsulated when Guy Pierce jumps off a cliff to get away from Robert Carlyle. H- having um, to do with cowardice, if you will. Yes. <laughs> fucking a and so um he so uh guy pierce falls in this hole uh it's really good the stunt whatever stuntman or dummy rolled down this hill great it's just great so he ends up falling in this hole with um neil mcdonough with that guy (laughs) and um he has to survive so he eats him um and then gets back to thing and there's like a whole subplot or not a subplot but a plot turn of like um where where the robert carlyle changes roles again like he mm-hmm. becomes somebody else again and for for a minute it's like is guy pierce crazy or is yep. like and I, I wish they had played that a little bit I longer. do too because when you, you get when you meet him and he doesn't have scars where he's supposed to have scars yep. and he's so normal that you're like wait 
what if Guy Pierce is going crazy? Are they playing with me with this? And yep. I agree, they could have they could have stretched that out a little more. I but think they okay. could have, and it would have been it would have been cool. But mm-hmm. whatever. So they ends up he you know he came back to the camp. The cannibal came back to the camp to cannibalize everybody. And also, there's this really interesting turn where, again, total spoilers, is where he wants to recruit more cannibals <laughs> because. The way there's a mythology to this, yes. and you know, as Emily I think stated earlier about the Wendigo, um, there is a mythology of like if you when you consume human flesh, you get their power. But not just that, like it's you get like fucking healed from like death wounds. Yeah, this is some, this is some vampire shit. It's like there's meth a- without the teeth effects. Yeah, I mean, sure, if meth cures bullet holes, it, I, um, maybe I think that's it makes why you feel like you're cured, right? So many people take it but it it, there's a lot of like like for me it felt like vampire mythology i'm not yes i'm familiar with like the wendigo or weendigo mythology um and stuff but but there is like you there is an aspect of it and, and there's something that's introduced at the beginning that i'm sure we'll talk about that makes you pause and wonder is it the consumption of the human flesh or is it the consumption of the blood and are these people vampires because mm-hmm. the, the way that they're healing is like Bone coming through flesh is now yep. healed. Yep. yep. Um, no scars. Like, no scar. Like completely fine. And um, it's boy, it's a really fucking good movie. It's so fucking good. Now so good. you don't eat meat. I don't. Did I, am this, a, I am a vegan. Did, did this movie make you think want to eat meat for that yes. or wanting to? It did, oh my god! Didn't it make oh, you no, want to eat meat? Make, it did make me want to eat oh, meat. Okay. I, it did make me want to eat meat, but it, it didn't gross me out. Okay, now now I'm like, a weirdo. Any more than it would make anybody grossed out. Like I wasn't like more grossed out because I don't eat meat because it it wasn't really gross. No, the only time it's gross is in the opening scene with the meat on the plate. Yeah, and it's all of these soldiers like shoveling steak in their mouth and it's bleeding through and I like a rare steak but that scene and maybe it's also because you know this character has just seen death around him and the last thing he wants to do is you know put a piece of meat in his mouth that scene I was like (laughs) oh man that looks gross but then like by the end of this movie girl maybe it was the soup and like it like that stew looked like it smelled so good but like I ended this movie being like ooh over the weekend we're going to dinner I'm gonna get myself a steak I, I I get that because there is a bit other than the so I think that's why the direction in in the way this movie is presented is so effective is because in the beginning you're completely right you're supposed to be super grossed out yeah um because he did just see all these dead bodies and they're equating you know the dead flesh of humans to the dead flesh of animals because essentially it's all just dead flesh right and he's he's freaked out and grossed out by it but by the end there is a bit. Uh, well not a bit but there's a lot of fetishization oh, yeah. of of the flesh so i think the fact that you found it appealing by the end is potentially um intentional i i agree yeah so like i don't think it's weird or gross i think they want you to be like like because because robert carlisle's character is not like a happenstance cannibal he fucking heard that if you eat people it fixes you and he was sick so he went and started mm-hmm. eating people like he is an, ag- an, an aggressive cannibal yeah so like the fact that so he he wants to eat meat he wants to eat people he wants that flesh so like the fetishization of it would make sense totally yeah oh 
So thank, good. Thank you for justifying me uh, You're enjoying right. this. You make complete sense. Yeah, thank um, you. And it's not gross. You would think a cannibal movie would be, like, super gross. It's not, like, wet and gooey and gross. It's nope. as gross as it needs to be. Yeah. But it's not, like, weird about it. Yeah. No, no. By no means. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we also get a third cat. Because now, obviously, we said Guy Pierce has to eat Neil McDonough. Uh, we get a third cannibal. Yes. So um, at the end, Jeffrey Jones, who's a terrible person, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done bad things. Yeah. Okay. But so he, the, there was a time sure. when it was so exciting every time he showed up in a movie. You're like, oh, I look. just wanted to make sure I was remembering right. Yes, though. you are. Yes. Um, so he shows now, up at the end because you don't know he's alive. Again, this is why I no. wanted you to not listen you, to this. Yeah, you, you've you seen him dying and you assume he died, but... <laughs> Very pointedly, Neil McDonough shouts as Guy Pearce stops to help him. He says, leave him. He's dying. He's, you know, he's gone or he's dying, but we don't actually see him die. Yeah, it, um, it really leaves us with a heavy impression, right? That he's, he's stayed at the cave and then like consumed everyone that he killed (laughs) up there. So I didn't. I never, like, why would you think, oh, yes. he left somebody alive? Because then that's when they introduce the, the thinking that, like, oh, we need, there needs to be more of us. Right. Until the moment when Guy Pierce says something to the effect of, but I was watching you the whole time, and you're like, oh, there's somebody else. And then you're like, oh, oh, good. Jeffrey Jones made it out alive as a cannibal. And then, of course, he has a whole different take as he starts to realize, like, oh, he yeah. doesn't really want to eat people. Which is like the vampire mythos. Yes, yes like very you much. You become a vampire and you realize you don't yep. want to live forever or you don't want to take people's lives, you know? And a great thing, and I'm sure you were getting to this when you started talking about the whole, like, theme of cowardice, is it, it, the movie asks this brilliant question that it doesn't really answer of, is Guy Pierce a... Because, I mean, he opens the movie, He's a, he has very coward cowardly um sort of played dead during this war that he is supposed to be actively engaged in um is he a coward for is he a coward if he if he follows robert carlyle or is he a coward if he doesn't it it's so interesting yeah because even from the beginning it really hit me when he jumped off the cliff but that's how it's presented like um Guy Pierce is is a coward. The movie tells you he is because he got a medal and he got like a promotion or whatever they call it in the armed forces. Um, because he he like killed all these people. He got behind enemy lines in this battle. But the way he did was that right, he was played dead. Dead, yeah, and not so, not to do that, but just to to survive is why he played play, dead. So that's an interesting thing. Even as they picked up his, so he plays dead. They they pick up his body drag him back behind enemy lines and then there's this whole thing where he he gets blood in his mouth and it essentially gives him the power yes. to kill all these people but i th- i remember thinking like jesus christ i mean good thing they still I-, I get why they promoted him or whatever it's easier to just do this and never talk about it again right, right. but he he still i said to myself that was still really heroic sure so then flash forward to his his way to get away from Robert Carlyle is to jump off a fucking mountain. Yes. I get that that's cowardly because he ran away, but he jumped off a mountain. Yes. Which so should his, have killed him. Yes. Exa- so his version of being a coward or of cowardice is really weird. And he yep. even says that his medal is for cowardice. 
Yep. I, I was like, this is so weird. And then they have that moment where him and Robert Carlyle are talking. And I have the quote up because I knew I was going to reference it. But he says, it's not courage to resist me. It's courage to accept me. And, and is it? I don't and know. And I was like, I knew that this was a thing because it's yeah. so, it's obvious, but not like in a, like in a slap you across the face kind of way, mm-hmm. but it's such an obvious theme. It's so interesting that it like really does come back around to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it really like you can interpret it both ways. You can say, well, no, give you know, essentially giving in to Robert Carlyle is the easy thing to do. Um, it's the evil thing to do because essentially you're just going to be murdering people from now on. But you can also look at it as, no, but you're making this conscious choice to gain this strength and take control of your life. And isn't that the brave thing to do? It works yeah. both ways. And I and I love that there's no right answer. And you could say there's a right answer, but I don't think there is. And I think you could look at it both ways. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it also... Um, I mean, there's a lot of this. Here's the thing I love about this movie is that it is so clear from the beginning. And I think the score is a huge part of this. This movie tells you right from the start, hey, you can laugh. You can find this funny and that's okay. It, you know, the the score is is really something special. It's like electronic. I called it like electronic Oregon Trail. It's kind of what it reminded me. It reminded Mm -hmm. me of like playing it on my computer. That it's, you know, the music has both like tribal elements, but also this very modern electric theme. And it's playful. So in these scenes of violence, it does, the you know, it's it's a really amazing how music can take a scene and turn it into a comedy or turn it into a horror. Yeah. And it doesn't turn it into goofiness, but oh. it takes it as, it, it's playful. It's playful and it lets you as the audience know that you can laugh at what you're watching. You can you can take it whatever way. And I think that's so interesting to do with, and it's also why this movie probably didn't do well when it came out was because nobody really knew what to make of it. It's not a straight horror film, yeah, but it's not a horror comedy by any means. It's just like a, like winking horror movie, not an obnoxious way. Yep. Um, um, it, 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 I will say I'm glad the music worked for you. Does it not for you? It did not work for Fascinating. The that I was watching it with. No, 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 not for oh, me. Oh. It worked for me very okay. well. Um, so Zach wasn't crazy about this movie. Mm. Um, after he had some time to think about it, he liked it a little bit more. But he there he had some issues with it, and he I am just like head over heels for it. Yeah, me too. Like, um, I I I'm I love it, and I think the music is great when it's when it is that like lighthearted, more lighthearted music. It's it's i think it's great and it's fun mm-hmm. and when it when it does get creepy and atmospheric i think it's really effective oh some of it's great yeah but but like yeah it did, i was i was last night we actually watched it last night cuz you know peek behind the curtain i wrote down the wrong day we were recording <laughs> so we watched it last night and it ended and i was like wasn't that the best movie you've ever yeah. seen it was just kind of like uh it was okay and I was so disappointed. This I was is like, why, no, like, what's the movie? I, I, like, when I watch movies that I love with Brandon, I just kind of like when it's over, I just like look at him waiting to see if I'm going to figure it out. And if he doesn't say anything, I'm like, you didn't like it. And then I'm sad like and depressed. Yeah. Forever. So he, but he, it kind of grew on him the next day, you said? He, he's, he read some stuff about it and 
like thought about it and i think he appreciated it but it was definitely lacking yeah for him i think yeah you know divorce is something that happens to like 50 percent of americans i know i I mean mean, it might be time i'm just saying um, so a couple of other things this movie does that I think are brilliant. I mean, the, the cast is so good, first of all. Yes. And and Guy, I mean, I love Guy Pierce, And I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago and I watched that um, Christian Stewart 1984 movie, like how, how good he is and how well mm-hmm. he's aging. And in this, what's, what, what's really great about his character is he's he ends up being a little bit of... Uh, you know he's there's not much there in a sense but there is so much there where he's not and he could they could have portrayed him a little more cocky or a little more remorseful but instead he's just you know ashamed of what he's done and who he is but he has enough of kind of like that leading man spark that he's he makes sense to follow as he tries to do the right thing uh, and it it just works well, I think. And this yeah. movie makes brilliant use of Neil McDonough's weird blue eyes. It, he's got weird eyes. He's got very weird eyes. I remember the first time I saw him in something. Oh, was was it the really bad Street Fighter sequel that we don't acknowledge? He's he's been in so much stuff that I oh, didn't yes. even realize. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, his eyes don't look real. His eyes look like the contacts Stacey Keach wears in class of 1999. Like, they just, mm-hmm. they're so weirdly blue. And this movie just in, embraces that in the scene where, you know, his dead body is, is laying right next to Guy Pierce in that ditch. The way that's lit and the way his, his deathly blue eyes, like, work in the moonlight is just perfect filmmaking. And it's one of those cases where, like, you're so happy that a director found the right actor just for that one physical thing, it works so well. And I mean, really, like, you're introduced to all of these dudes on on the outpost, and they all have a little quirk, and they're all interesting enough where you want more of all of them, and yep, unfortunately they all die too quickly. But what can you do? Jeremy Davies is great. Oh, so fun. He's, yeah. he gone too soon in this movie. So much, he, yeah. He's really, really great. Yep. I love the way he plays this character. It's it's very funny and sweet. Yep. And kind of annoying yes. <laughs> at times. Because you get the sense like you would not want to be on a military outpost with him by any means. No, I would be done with him yeah. real quick. But it's... It's like, I, you know, I kind of what I said about, like, with the ritual, where it's kind of a shame that, you know, you develop these interesting characters and lose them so quickly. And it's true in this movie. I could have watched another 20 minutes of clowning around at the outpost and Jeremy Davies trying to write his psalm and all that. Yep. But it's so effective the way it happens, because you think they're all going to be a bigger part. It gives them these intros, you meet them, and they're all dead so quickly. So quick. Yeah, and it, it really gives you that also, like... That whole, when a movie does something and then you're like, oh, all odds are off the table. I have no idea who else is going to die or what else is going to happen. Because you've, you know, pulled the rug out and now I don't know where I should put things back on the rug yet. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie also does something that's very important, which is it, um, I don't know if you're aware of this universal law in film, which is what I call Chekhov's Law of Bear Traps. Uh, yep. So everybody knows Chekhov's law about a gun in theater. If you introduce a gun mm-hmm. in the first act, that gun better go off by the third act. Um, there is also the law about bear traps in film. If you show me a bear trap, that bear trap better be used to, you know, uh, to, to effect, to great effect. And it's used to double great effect in this one. 
it's so apparently Zach was reading apparently there's deleted scenes um and that where they introduced the bear trap earlier huh interesting um and i wonder if i would have appreciated that ending more if i had had it introduced earlier earlier huh well i don't feel like it's maybe you know Maybe if they'd introduced it earlier and then didn't introduce it again 10 minutes before yes. it goes off. I think yes, that's it. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So, like, I think – so I have the DVD. I don't know how you watch this. Uh, on, uh, uh, I think I rented it on Amazon. So there's deleted scenes on the disc. Ooh, okay. And it was just getting too late, and apparently there was a lot of them. Ah, and that, gotcha. the thing Zach was like, well, there's a lot – if there's a lot of deleted scenes, that might be what my problem with it is. There's stuff missing. And, like – I mean, maybe you could say that about a lot of stuff. Sure. But and he he was left wanting, and it would be interesting if what was in those scenes is what he was missing. You know. Interesting. Yeah, I'd be really curious. I don't. I'm like skimming through trivia, and I don't see anything about the deleted scenes, which just makes me wonder: were they? You know, what yeah. were they? But I'd be. Yeah, I'm curious. Let me know if you do get around to watching them. Cause I'm curious. I, I would there. like to. Um, just because, again, what would we just say? about wanting more of characters it would be cool to see yeah. more, more stuff and it does feel like you think about like you know the um the native americans right martha and her brother yeah. who are there and i mean they they don't get in, get much to do just because the brother dies pretty quickly and then martha's kind of in and out and like yeah i did maybe want to know a little more of like wait why are they there how did they end up working with the u.s military but they're not military mm-hmm. how does that work but it was fine. Like, I didn't need to know it. It was just one of those kind of curiosities I had when watching. So I wonder if there's more to that on, yep. on the deleted scenes. Uh, <laughs> the, um, I just, I love a good bear trap, man. What can I say? And just, and that wrestling match at the end, which apparently, like, was one of those, um, another case where, like, there was a different ending. I think it involved, like, burning down the building or something. So instead mm-hmm. it was like, okay, guys, we have a day. We just need you guys to start fighting, and we're going to go with that. And so most of their fight was sort of, like, choreographed that day by the actors. And it's great because it's one of those, like, really physical fights that does – they're both a little superhuman, so they're able to do things that they shouldn't be able to. But at the same yep. time, the laws of gravity apply – um, things look like they hurt when they hurt each other. Yep. Uh, and it's just one of those, like, I'm, you know, smiling as I watch it because it's just watching these two actors I really enjoy playing really interesting characters fighting each other to the death. It, It's, it's uh, trying to find words. Um, I completely agree with you. It's, it's satisfying in a really yeah. weird way. Yeah. It's, um, it, it's uh, it's like the obvious way for this movie to end, but yeah, I was still kind of surprised that this is where yep. where we got to. I don't know. It, it's it's poetic in yeah. in ways. Eh, it's and just, it, it has that like it doesn't do it. It's there's nothing wrong with this movie. In no, my no, I'm with you. When when Robert Carlyle starts to say it, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna say it. Like this is the line I, I just love so much. When he's like, he just as he's dying, he says, you know, if I die, for, if you die first. I'm going to eat you. It's just yeah. my favorite thing in the world. Um, I'm also one of those people that is convinced, like, if I was ever, like, trapped in an elevator and, like, I thought with, like, a stranger and 
you know, like, oh my god, we're gonna die, and then... You would just start eating people. Yeah, like, like the elevator would open ten minutes later, and everybody would, would, like, look down and see, like, a mangled corpse and say, what happened? Yep. And I have to make up some story, because I'd be sitting there wiping the blood off my mouth. Because I'm, yep. pr- I'm pretty willing to resort to cannibalism as soon as it requires. Yep. Like I, ten, ten minutes in, and you're like, well, I'm I just... did skip lunch, so <laughs> I might as well eat I mean, I person. feel like, if anything, it would make more sense to eat a person than, like, you know... I, I don't want to go this route, but let's say there's an apocalypse outside. I got to look at Brad and I got to look at the cats. You know, you just need to do what you have to do. We do. We all do. I, I, I'm going to also have to edit that part out in case my husband's going to listen to make sure he doesn't think <laughs> I'm going to eat him before I'm going to eat the cats. Depends on which cat. But anyway, um, yes. So this movie's so good. Now, it's very good. I, I'm curious. One thing that one other theme that we haven't brought up because I don't. I don't think it's there, but I feel like if you wanted to find it, you could. Ooh, what? Well, we're talking, and this is often comes up in vampire films, right? Where, you know, you have a male vampire converting another male vampire into your male vampire cult. Did you get any sexual vibes between Robert Carlyle and Guy Pierce? <sighs> no. It's like, if you want them to be there, you could say there's Yeah, there, sure. Right? Because... I mean, Robert Carlyle, look. Sexy man. He's real attractive. Yes. And he's kind of like flirty evil in this. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But like, I think that's just how he was playing it. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it had anything to do necessarily with, I mean, there is, I guess, an inherent intimacy of sure. eating a person. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you the last time I ate somebody. Oh shit! Don't say that on air. I'm uh, you're you're really showing your hand on this episode. <laughs> um, there's going to be a lot of evidence when it breaks bad. Um, <laughs> I didn't get that, but I guess you're probably right. If I went back and watched it, I could probably find a bunch of things that felt that way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I I did very basic. Just I again, pretty much just read the IMDb trivia on it. I didn't start looking into like reading essays on it. Yeah, I feel like you could use this if you wanted to explore that. And I think it's, it, it, yeah, it was just something curious. So you didn't see it while you were watching it, but you now you can say, like, yeah, it could be there if you wanted to be I there. I guess so, yeah. yeah I mean, like, when I watch, um, excuse me, Interview, Interview with, with the Vampire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, it, obviously. I mean, yeah. But, like, I don't know. They don't eat each other. I guess. Right. And it, it, that's one of the things that I kept wondering, like, with Robert Carlyle trying to keep recruiting. I'm like, you know, it seems like a bad idea because are, are yeah, you... Yeah, what rationale does he give? I guess it's that, you know, think about the plan is you have all of these settlers constantly coming through, you know, it's Manifest Destiny. You have wagon yeah. trains coming through the Sierra Nevada for moving on and a lot of them disappear and nobody knows where they went because there's no real tracking. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, you have this sort of trick-or-treaters constantly coming at you and even one man being so strong by eating other people, you still kind of need, you know, the one guy at the outpost to direct people to the cave to where the other guy's going to be to seal people into the cave. Like, I think he kind of looks at it logistically as like, it's kind of like a two, three man job if I want to do yeah. it effectively. No, I get that. I get that. So I think he really is just, you know, kind of looking at it logistically as I need a couple of more hands and I want them to be people that I like. Um, 
So, you know, I, th- I, I think this guy Pierce kind of works. Uh, this Jeffrey Jones, you know, he's, he's pretty, like, well-read. I think, like, he is kind of picking and choosing who he decides to keep. Yeah. Because the plan then is to get the general on his side, too. And there's that kind of, um, that one thing where, because he says it at the end, he's like, General Slauson, and you're like, oh, is General Slauson a Wendigo also? No, <laughs> but he does eat the meat, so at some point he probably might be. Uh, yeah. And if this movie was made today, it totally would have had a post-credit stinger of that, too. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, I watched because the credits, but there's nothing there. I thought that, too, about about that character specifically like so say he does get like he eats the stew he gets the, the power, power and the feeling hunger for but it I guess. he doesn't necessarily know what it is but i know and they don't they don't really explore it because every character that eats it knows what he's eating but you wonder if you didn't know would it matter like would you just now have a hunger for this and before you know or it would you're sitting there carving up you... martha Maybe you'd have, like, you'd feel great and you'd have this hunger and not understand what it is. And it would just maybe dissipate. I don't know. I don't know. I think you'd have the craving then. And, like, you'd be, like, sitting there wondering, like, where did this feeling go? And then somebody walks by and you just look at them and suddenly start drooling and seeing them as, like, a walking pork chop. That's my theory. Yeah. Uh, But, yes. We're (laughs) in 2018. It would all make sense in the end with a post-credit stinger. But, you know, different time. Different time. I also wonder if that's in the deleted scenes at all, if there's anything like that. Yeah, uh, if, if I take a look, I'll have to let you know. Yeah, please do. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a good fucking movie. I agree. I am really glad you picked it. Yay. I can't remember. I'm glad what, you liked what, it. What prompted you to pick it? Do you remember? I know. I mean, I said Gun Crazy, and you picked this to pair it with. I Well, I picked, you picked Gun Crazy, and I saw Jeremy Davies was in it, oh. and that it had a female director and I know that Ravenous has a female director and yep. Jeremy Davies is in it. So. <laughs> no, Antonia Bird, who um, I think died pretty tragically, pretty young. She was, she died um, 2013. You know, she was only in her early sixties, I guess. Mm-hmm. And seems like the kind of director that, you know, probably had a lot more movies in her or some interesting movies in her. Um, movie wise, she did something called Cork. Uh, Priest was kind of her big breakout, and that was the yeah. one that was, like, very controversial. I've never seen it. Uh, I'm definitely intrigued to kind of track down the other stuff she did. Because I'm, you know, Mad Love, Face are two other films of hers, and mm-hmm. I, I'm just not overly familiar. But, again, like, I love this movie. I think it's probably a lot of decisions that made it what it is, but I'm definitely intrigued. Ooh, and Face also stars Robert Carlyle. Oh, me. <gasps> and Alita Hetty. Ooh, we have to do this movie soon. That sounds good. And Ray Winstone. That's a good cast. And Mad Love stars Drew Barrymore. Uh, um, weird. I think I've seen that movie. Chris O'Donnell, Drew Barrymore, Matthew Lillard. Who I 100%. Think a of. 100% seen this movie. Any good? I don't remember it. Okay. Well, so maybe that's not a great sign. I don't know. I don't know if I... What year is it? I'm looking at 95. it right yeah, I don't think I saw it as like a like adults that could make good decisions. <laughs> All right, I well, used to be in love with Chris O'Donnell. I always found him bland. Well, I was a weird child. No, I mean it's okay. He's a very good-looking man. I just always found him. I wanted him to be more interesting. That's all. Yeah. I mean, what can I say? You can keep your Chris O'Donnell. I had my Michael Ironside. 
Well, I mean, there's a clear winner to me now. Obviously. All right, so should we go ahead and rate Ravenous, or do you have any more to say about it? No, I think we covered everything. I do, too. Quality of film, girl. 8.5? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right up there with you. I'm going to also just say straight up 8.5. Yeah, I could probably go higher, but I'll stick with 8.5. Yeah, I think for, because I mean, again, we're saying like, there might be a few things that like seem like they could be missing or something. So I think film 8.5. Quality of life, fucking 10 straight down the, down there for me. Um, 9.5 for me. Mm Mm-hmm. What I think is so interesting is, for some reason, as I was watching this, I was convinced it was based on a book or a story because that's it feels so much like that. And it, I, I, and unless I'm wrong, it's not. No, I. You know what I think it is? I think it's that the movie was so like commonly described as loosely based on the Donner Party. Yeah. Right, because it's cannibals in the upper, you know, northwest part of the country in the 1850s mm-hmm. or 1840s. And so I think I always assumed this was kind of, oh, it's about the Donner Party. And having really not seen it beginning to end, when you get to the part where he's talking about the guides, I was really waiting for him to say, like, oh, our leader, Colonel Donner, and all of that. But it's not. I think it's just very simply like, oh, yeah, well, there was the people that resorted to cannibalism during their, um, you know, move out west. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's purely an original screenplay. It's... Um, yeah, it really it really plays to me like a like a short story. I don't know why. It, it, it's great though. That's not like a I'm not doing a dig. It's like right, a right. compliment. <laughs> um, the screenwriter was Ted Griffin, who also did um, Ocean's Eleven. He wrote the screenplay for that. Matchstick mm-hmm. Men, which I've never seen, but I think people liked it. Um, rumor has it best laid plans. So, I mean, oh, and Terriers, I guess, was his big... He did, oh, yeah, yeah. He created yeah. that. So, I, I never watched that, but I know people really care for it. So, um, yeah, I guess uh, I'll also credit to him as well. Although I feel like even with that script, this could have gone so wrong in the wrong hands. Oh, for sure. For like, sure. Because you could have done it as a straight horror movie, or you could have done it as a goofier comedy. Ugh. And I think this finds such an interesting common ground that just makes it really cool. All right, so that yeah, that was Ravenous, which is not streaming, but you should own it. Um, I kind of want to own it now. You um, should own it. Yeah, I'm going to. There's also there is a Ravenous that I think you recommended last time that's on Netflix that is not the same oh, movie at all. It's a French not movie, not the same movie. No, yep. no. But everybody, if you haven't seen Ravenous and now you've heard us say everything there is to say about it, you should still watch it. You probably should because it's good. It's totally good. Yeah. All right, so now as we wrap things up, Christine, do you have any instant watch recommends? I do. <gasps> what do we got? And I think this is on Hulu, so okay. sorry for switching okay. things. But I had never seen these movies, so we decided to watch the first one. And I was blown away by how good it was. I subsequently watched the second and the third one. They are not good. Ooh. Keep have to keep having to remember remind myself that the first one is good and I liked it and that would be Wishmaster. <gasps> Wishmaster. Um, I've never seen it. I I've seen I don't know which ones I've seen. Which is the one where the dude's got to get go- <laughs> where he's in jail and the guy gets pushed through the bars. Is that that's the first one? Wishmaster, but not the first one. Okay. I don't think. I think that's the second one. Maybe oh, I don't think it's the first one. Do they get goofier or are they all always pretty goofy? Um the first one's goofy, but they get like intolerably goofy in my opinion. Okay. 
Um, I know I've seen chunks of all of them, and I think I've enjoyed lots of those chunks. Mm-hmm. But it's, so you like the, the first, first one? I thought it. was great. Yeah, like okay. I legitimately enjoyed it. Nice. And then it, it the, the decline in quality was was Steep. real. Oh, yeah, okay. like the second one, I was like, oh, and the third one, I was like, oh no. And there's a fourth one, and I don't even wanna. I know which is the one where the guy who's a priest, but he's like a really hot priest. And he's with, he was John Sears on I don't know. Is that the third one? There's a priest in the second one. Okay, that's the one that I think I've seen the most, or seen like most recently, where I remember okay. it pretty strongly. Yeah, the second one is it starts out in like an art museum. Mm-hmm. There's like a heist, and the rules keep changing from <laughs> movie to movie. Yep, yep. And the first and the second one have the same dude playing the Wishmaster, and he's I amazing, can't... right? Andrew Divoff? Yeah. Make a is wish. That... I think that's right. I know his name is Andrew. He... I can't remember his last name. I, maybe, I'm saying, I could be saying his, name, his last name wrong. He's great. He's yeah. a great Wishmaster. And then all of a sudden, he's not the Wishmaster. Well, isn't anymore. it also that like the Wishmaster like, jumps bodies or something? So then he there's like, no people's central... Faces. Yeah, yeah. I remember being really bummed at one point in, in one of the movies where I'm like, oh, that actor's gone. That's not fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, good pick. So yeah. they're, you think they're on Hulu? I'm I'm almost positive, yes. Gotcha, okay. <laughs> um, I am cheating, and I'm giving two, because, so, like, right after we recorded, I watched a movie on Amazon Prime that was pretty much the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, okay. Um, and then yesterday, I watched another movie on Amazon that was really, really good. Um, and so I'm like, you know, I can talk about one and then put the other in my recommend, but, like, honestly, everybody should stop everything and watch both of these movies. So the first one... Christine, like, so you watch Law and Order SVU, obviously, right? Yeah. Okay. And like, it's, it's great, right? It's awesome. It's wonderful. Have you ever felt that it needed something? Sure. Like, and did you ever feel like the thing it needed was sexy, vengeful robots? Yes. Yeah, you did. You did. Now, if you go back in time to 19, I think 91, I think, um, on Amazon Prime, there's a movie called Steel and Lace. Okay. Steel. Oh, is this Steel robot. Robots? This, yeah. So, oh, um, no. movie opens on a trial where um, a bunch of really wealthy, yuppie, like, realist, evil real estate developers are on trial for raping this young woman. Um, they get off. The young woman kills herself. Uh, her brother is Bruce Davison who happens to be, like, a NASA robotics expert. Okay. Cut to, like, five years later, and the court, um, the court artist, what do you call them, the court illustrator? Like, the Stenog- woman that, yeah. Not, not stenographer. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I mean. Like, the woman don't... that draws pictures of people in court back before you Look, had cameras you guys, in court. it's Friday. Yeah. So, and, like, the job doesn't exist anymore because now you have cameras in court. So, the woman that was, like, the court draw drawer for this case um, ends up, like, kind of revisiting this case because she wants to go back and like do drawings of the people now and in doing so she starts to notice something crazy is going on and what's crazy is going on is that bruce davison has made a robot of his sister and she is going around um like fake seducing the five guys that raped her and like there's a scene where they're you know she she's not her she's another like beautiful woman and she like lures this guy to like a you know sex hotel and then she rips off her robot face to re- not her robot face but like her sexy woman face to reveal the face of 
the woman that was raped. So it's like, it's a robot with a face mask wearing a face mask? Yeah? Yeah? I I mean, I guess that sounds good. No, it's amazing. And then, like, she then, like, all the death scenes are insane and wonderful and involve, like, people getting beheaded by robots and getting, like, gutted and spinned. The fashion in this movie is insane because it's 1991. So I think one of the characters is wearing a puffy jacket of dogs playing poker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, This movie is so good. It is just a good time. And I've never heard anybody talk about it. Uh, And everybody should be because it's great. And it's called Steel and Lace and it's on Amazon Steel and Lace. Steel and Lace. You need to watch it. I don't know. I think it sounds terrible. It is in the best of ways. Please give it a try. Give it like half an hour. Watch it at the gym. It's a good gym movie. Okay. 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 So the other movie that I really just like didn't feel right not including as my recommend because it's, oh Oh my God, it's so good. Um, Did you see the Florida Project? No, I'm afraid it'll make me too upset. Okay. um, Here's what I really wish I'd done. I watched I watched the first half of it commuting to work, um, I think on Wednesday and I didn't get to finish it. And I was going to finish it on my way home, but then I ended up like not being, not having enough time. So I'm like, okay, I'll finish it on my way to work on Thursday. Um, People, do not watch that movie commuting on the way somewhere because, A, you're either going to bawl your eyes out or you're going to hold yourself back and not have the experience you needed to have in bawling your eyes out of this movie. Oof. It is so good. Is it? I, it's <sighs> going to make me upset. Yes, it definitely will. But it also, um, it has my favorite kind of ending, and it's like one of my favorite endings of any movie ever, I think. Mm-hmm. Um it's this, you know, it's the, it came out last year. A lot of people thought it would get more Oscar buzz. It only got, I think, a supporting nomination for Willem Dafoe, who's so good. And, like, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe playing, like, a nice, normal dude. Who knew the man had that kind of range? <laughs> the little girl is so cute. The actress playing her mom is fantastic. I think the trailer um, made me cry. Like, I, I could see that. Couldn't... Yeah, it's, it is, a, it's heavy. It's, I mean, it's really sweet. It's really funny. Like, you will laugh a lot watching it. But it is sad, and the ending is one of those you can, if you choose to read it a certain way, it can be a certain mm-hmm. kind of ending, or if you're me and choose to read it a different way, it can be a very different ending. Either way, I still wish I had watched it when I was home so I could have just cried, Yeah, <laughs> because watching it and, like, stifling it, like, hurt, physically hurt me to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it is a, it's a movie that I think is, is really, really just good and important and then it just got me thinking like you know 2017 it gave us the florida project it gave us get out it gave us ladybird it gave us i Tanya. it gave us there's another one i realized i'm like god like a whole lot of really fucking good movies came out in 2017 and like this was so good so i should try to watch it you should but you should definitely be aware that it is hefty and i think yeah. you are going to find it very very emotionally uh wrenching but it's so Ugh, I, know, I know i know it just makes me upset just thinking about it i know but, it, but to everybody else that maybe is less sensitive than christine all of you should watch it <laughs> i'm married with clickers just did person. an episode on it and like even listening to that episode i'm like i think i'm gonna cry again <gasps> i'm so sensitive everyone i know i know <laughs> i'm glad you liked it i, I, I do want to watch it yeah it's it's really good. And I don't know, it just didn't seem like a movie I had any interest in. But then everybody was kind of like, I'm like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime now. I should give it a go. And it's so good. So, yeah. Yeah. 
All right, so that was the show. Do you have any movies burning in your mind that you want to watch and talk to me about? I don't have anything in my mind. Okay. Uh, we will both think on it, and we will announce it. For those who don't know, we always announce it on the Facebook page, so it's Facebook Feminine Critique. I think it's Jesus Find a Fair. Sure, yeah, right? Post what it's going to be, so you can uh, play along at home and study in, um, you know, in anticipation, if you will. Uh, yeah, and we're on Twitter at Feminine Podcast whenever we actually tweet, which is not often. Uh, not often, but that's cool. You you're, you tweet often at, at you, right? Not as often. It is kind of a cesspool, so yeah, no. it's tough. It's yeah, tough no. to hang. The goal is to find your your bubble and create a bigger mm-hmm. bubble around it, and then be safe there and all and that never stuff. read any comments anywhere yeah, and never click on anything. Yes, and never accept a friend request from um you know that weird girl that sits in the back of your psychology hall. Oh no! Bad stuff happens then. Because then she'll have some kind of thing, and she'll come back and get you in a mirror, and she'll, also yeah, she'll haunt all of your fire. friends first. And guys, everybody should watch Friend Request because it's it hey really everybody. Fun. That's the plot of Friend Request, and You're you welcome. should all watch it. If you don't watch, if you, I mean, first you should watch the Florida Project, then you should watch Steel and Lace, and then if you still have time, watch Friend Request. It's on Netflix. Don't do it for us. Do it for yourself. Do it for you. Yeah, man, do it for you. Totally. You deserve something good. You do. Okay, and if and if robots isn't your thing, then I mean, friend request is do it. All right, folks, you all have a good night. Have a good night. Goodbye. Hi. Open up, stuff it in. Eat them up, drink it down.